When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Live from Mohica Castle in Huntington, Long Island. 77 WABC. More now on the turmoil inside Russia and what this means for Putin's grip on power. It appears crisis averted, at least for now, but this is a fluid situation and it raises major questions about Russian leadership and the war in Ukraine. What we thought we were seeing was an armed attempt at overthrowing Vladimir Putin's regime, but it seemed to end with sort of just dissipating with Vladimir Putin saying that he would not be prosecuting um, Yevgeny Prigozhin or any of the Wagner fighters. This, without a doubt, has left Vladimir Putin looking weaker and showing just simply a very chaotic situation in Russia. And obviously that poses major questions now going forward with the war in Ukraine. Before I even arrive at the Oval Office, I will have the horrible war between Russia and Ukraine totally settled. I'll have it done in 24 hours. As the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. See that? I will be your... And I will be your peacemaker. I was your peacemaker. New York Talk Radio host, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. Sid, let's start with you. You're a parent. Are you bringing up climate change a lot at the dinner table? Has it have everybody worried? Is that why you don't have nine kids? That's why, yes, that's why. Uh, this may be the dumbest story I've ever heard in my whole life, to be honest. I know I'm worried about stuff like taxes, inflation, world wars, the Mets. Before I worry about climate control, don't forget Al Gore said by 2015 the world would be over. Wrong. And uh, Thursday was the five-year anniversary for Greta Thunberg, who told us in 2023 that the world would be over. So all these people you. seem to be wrong. How dare me? I know. Right. I'm all right. Nobody but about me. Why you got to give me a fight? Can't you just let it be? Maybe the greatest comedy ever, Caddyshack. You'd be hard-pressed to find a better roster of talent than that movie. Rodney Dangerfield, Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Ted Knight. And why on this Monday morning would we start with I'm All Right, Kenny Loggins, Caddyshack? Well, we happen to be doing the show this morning from a golf course. Really, it's a hotel and a gorgeous hotel at that. It's called Ohika Castle. Nestled away in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> uh, I believe we're in Huntington or Sayasid. I don't even know. It is a gorgeous place. It reminds me a lot, living down in Boca Raton for 16 years, of the Boca Resort. Very, very similar. You pull up. Looks like an old, old hotel. We're in the library this morning, and it's really, really pretty in here. And it looks like something you would see in the haunted section of Disney World. Old paintings, you know, all of a sudden the eyes start looking at you, books that start to move. But we are here at, o- at Ohika Castle on this golf course, 
because my dear friend Richard, a.k.a. Big Daddy Salgado, is hosting his sixth annual Big Daddy's Golf Classic here today. He was in studio on Friday with Hashim from the TV show Blacklist. And so we're out here this morning. Got a great crew out here. Matt Meany is here, the program director. Eric Salas, who I believe is, uh, he does something with video. Only God knows what his title is. Uh, the lovely Stephanie Bongiorno, Doug Kisler, and, of course, the engineering genius behind WABC, the man that makes it happen, Dan Herschel. Back in studio, Lou Rufino and Justin Ellick. Let's start with you, Lewis. How was your weekend, buddy? All great. I'm hearing a lot of uh, great stuff about you on television. That's all I've heard about since I've walked in, actually. That's all I've heard <laughs> yeah. about. So typical yeah, well, Monday it, it, morning. Right. Well, if you're one of those people that complains that all Sid does is talk about himself, which is really stupid and not even close to being the truth, today that may be the case. Because between the Gravesend clip that is now out there, you can view it on my Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, and my Facebook page, Sid Rosenberg. There's a scene where they introduce my character, Dave Busco, and it's in an old Miami hotel. I shot this scene back in April of 2021, going on almost two years. And it's, uh, it wasn't the first scene I shot. The first scene I shot was on the beach with Andrew Dice Clay, William DeMeo, and Chris Mamondo holding an umbrella. But this is uh, where they introduce my character, Dave Busco. You can view it right now. And it's a big week for Gravesend because Thursday night, back here on Long Island, is the red carpet premiere for season two. So it's been two years plus since season one. But don't forget, folks, COVID, that stopped a lot of shows from coming back at all. So we're just happy we've got season two coming up, nine episodes. I am in five of those nine episodes. I'm in one, two, five, six, and nine. So Thursday night is the red carpet premiere, and it looks like Friday will be episode one on Amazon Prime. If not Friday, it'll be Monday, July the 3rd. So it's a very exciting week, and I did uh, post that clip earlier today. Got a ton of views already. So check it out on my Instagram page. And then on top of that, Lewis, I did make an appearance Saturday night on Brian Kilmeade's very popular One Nation show on Fox News, and that was a good time. In fact, uh, Justin used one of those clips in the open. We'll do it right now. Let's do it, Justin and Lewis. Let's play all three of those clips. Go back to the one you played in the open, which was Brian started the segment with me and a lady named Bacha Ungar Sargon. She's a very, very popular writer for Newsweek magazine and a lovely girl, orthodox and observant Jewish girl. And um, we started with the whole climate control nonsense because now actress Jane Fonda is angry and wants to make more movies about climate control. Don't forget, just last week, the idiot president, that moron Joe Biden, said the biggest threat to humans today is climate control. Not terrorism, not uh, cancer. Climate control is the biggest threat. He said that just last week, this moron. That's why Kilmeade used that on Saturday night. So let's start with that one. My response, Lewis, to Kilmeade's question on climate control. New York Talk Radio host, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. Sid, let's start with you. You're a parent. Are you bringing up climate change a lot at the dinner table? Has it have everybody worried? Is that why you don't have nine kids? That's why, yes, that's why. Uh, this may be the dumbest story I've ever heard in my whole life, to be honest. I know I'm worried about stuff like taxes, inflation, world wars, the Mets. Before I worry about climate control, don't forget Al Gore said by 2015 the world would be over. Wrong. And uh, Thursday was the five-year 
anniversary for Greta Thunberg, who told us in 2023 right. the world would be over. So How all these people you. seem to be wrong. How dare me? I know. I right. Know. <laughs> so then we wanted to discuss uh, all this subway stuff going on here in New York. Of course, you guys are very familiar with the Daniel Penny, Jordan Neely situation. Now we've got another one with Jordan Williams and another one where a good Samaritan got slashed in the face. I know Curtis Sliwa listening right now. He'll join me at 7.05 like he does every weekday. Very familiar with all these stories. So we dove into the subway issue here in New York. Once again, courtesy of Brian Kilmeade, One Nation on Fox News, Saturday night, Lewis, cut number 10. I'm good friends with Thomas Knipp and Steve Razor, both of uh, Daniel Penny's attorneys, and he's a hero. That's the bottom line. He's a hero. And the worst part of this story is, a guy like me, I'm in pretty good shape. So are you, by the way, Brian. Thank you. If I ever come across something like this on the subway, I would never think twice about helping out another New Yorker. Now, they show you that a good deed does not go unpunished. Now, forget about it. I'm staying away. Because the truth is, right. Daniel Penny did what most New Yorkers should do, and instead of being celebrated today, he may go to prison. All right, and finally, the uh, third and final cut from Kilmeade, One Nation, Fox News. I talk about the very clear double standard. If you're a white guy, you're in trouble. If you're a black guy, don't worry about it. Do whatever you want to do. Lewis, cut number 12. I'm also friends with his attorney, Jason Goldman, who, by the way, shares an office with Joseph Takapina, Donald Trump's attorney. He was on my show three days ago doing the same thing. Now, the difference is Al Sharpton is not calling out Jordan Williams. Kathy Hochul is not calling out Danny Penny. Not because he's a black man. Daniel Penny's a white man. Let's stop all the nonsense. Let's stop the kidding around. It all comes down to race in New York. If you're black, you get away with it. If you're white, they want to put you in the electric chair. Well, that's the bottom line. So that was uh, my Saturday night, and then I woke up on Sunday morning. And I have to thank this uh, this listening audience. Yesterday, my beautiful wife, Danielle, and I celebrated our 31-year wedding anniversary. i got to tell you, folks, I know a lot of people. They don't last 31 years anymore. And I'm not sure it's because of me, because I think Danielle is, as, as people always say, it's, it's uh, kind of played out at this point, but it is true. She's a saint. She's amazing and all these things, and she's all of that. And so she uh, stuck around for 31 years, and now we've got this uh, beautiful relationship and two great kids. And yesterday was great, but the heartfelt, warm messages I received all weekend long from the listening audience. Now, look, I do bash you guys occasionally because there's a very, very minute percentage of you folks that are really idiots. I mean, morons, just hateful, nasty Jerk-offs. I don't know. They wake up in the morning, and if they're thinking about how angry I make them, what kind of life is that? But the overwhelming majority of you guys are really beautiful people, and I can't single out anybody. You know who you are that uh, Instagram me every day, Facebook me every day, DM me every day. And over the weekend, you guys were just really, really sweet. And I must have gotten hundreds, if not thousands, of congratulatory messages yesterday on the anniversary Danielle and I had a beautiful day, had a nice dinner last night. Gabe was there. It was the three of us, but it was uh, romantic and great nevertheless. But I want to go back to Saturday for a second because Saturday afternoon, Danielle comes home from shopping, and she goes, you know, Putin, they're about to overthrow Putin. Now, at that point, I had no idea what she was talking about, but I laughed and said, stop. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but no one's overthrowing Putin unless his own people shot him. No, 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 no. It's on the news. So I flip on Fox News, and I see that these uh, mercenaries all of a sudden stopped fighting in Ukraine and are now making their way towards Moscow to go after the Russians and Vladimir Putin. And I said to Danielle, I go, much like the submarine story last week, which was a stupid story. People died. I'm sorry, but they died because of their own irresponsibility, except the 19-year-old kid. 
I go, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. This is a ragtag bunch of mercenaries. They have no shot against Putin and the Russian army. They'll be dead in 10 seconds. This is not a serious takeover. What are we watching here? This is nonsense. And yet, for hours and hours, Colonel Jack Keane, all these famous military people all over TV, telling us about the dangers. And I'm going, Danielle, this is silly. This would be like, I don't know, me and Matt Meany going on a tennis court, taking on Nadal and Federer and expecting to win. We'd get murdered out there. So then all of a sudden, after a couple of hours, they go, oh, you know what? They've turned back around the mercenaries. They're no longer going to Moscow. They've made a deal. I said, Danielle, here was the deal. Putin said, if you don't turn around right now, I'm going to kill every one of you and your whole families. Do yourself a favor and turn around. That's the deal. There's no deal. You don't deal with Putin. But you can't expect a bunch of ragtag mercenaries to put up a real fight against Putin and the Russian army. That was never a story for me on Saturday, ever. But Putin did speak. He mentioned the word treason. And when Putin says treason, people are going to die. Louis Vladimir Putin on Saturday. Intrigues, clashes, and so on has led in the First World War to a tremendous uh, turmoil and uprest. And that uh, resulted in the tragedy of the First World War. And the Russians were the victims of that. And this was affected uh, by a number of opportunistic elements. We will not let this uh, be repeated. We will defend our motherland, including overcoming a number of obstacles. This is treason and it is about the ambition of inimical forces. The heroes who uh, freed the areas, the occupied areas of uh, Ukraine, are trying to re-establish the hegemony, the domination of the uh, Russian territories. We are trying fighting against anarchy and uh, capitulation. Is he done yet? My God, jeez. Vladimir, <laughs> shut up. I'm yeah, begging no, you. I fell so asleep. Anyway, I fell asleep. I know, me too. It matters if you just so, had to crack up. So I all I can think you. about is I go for dinner on Saturday night. I go to this uh, very popular local Italian spot. My buddies John and Joe, La Sorrentina. It's on 129 in Rockaway Beach. And uh, I'm there about 8 o'clock. And I get up, and Danielle and Gabriel go, sit down. We know what you're doing. I go, what do you mean? I'm going to the bathroom. They go, sit down. We know what you're doing. And they were right. What I was doing was I was walking to the back of the restaurant to tell the owner to shut off the ESPN on the television and put on Fox News because I'm about to be on Brian Kilmeade. I want to watch myself. So I did not sit down, and the owner did, in fact, change the television to Fox News. So now you've got a full restaurant eating dinner, and I'm sitting there looking up at the screen waiting for myself to pop up on TV. This is really pathetic. I know it is. So I'm waiting, 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 and all of a sudden the show starts. Now, I know what Brian taped on Friday. I was there, 
Dr. Drew, Lindsey Graham, all these stories. And the show starts with this nonsense Russia story. And it's minute after minute, guest after guest. So now I'm freaking out. So I have to text Taylor Walters, Brian's producer, and I say, please tell me you didn't bump me in that great segment for this nonsense, this non-story about these ragtag mercenaries that saved their lives by going back the other way. She goes, no, we didn't do it. You wanted 845 instead of 830. So that's all I cared about on Saturday night was they didn't bump my segment off <laughs> of Fox News. I couldn't care less about that uh, Russia story, which, uh, which they did not do. So Donald Trump was at it again, my man, the president. He was at something called the Faith and Freedom Coalition Conference. And anytime Trump speaks, he talks about this Russia-Ukraine war. And he keeps saying the same thing over and over again. When he takes over, when he wins, that war will be over in 24 hours. Well, this weekend, my man Trump stepped that up. Not even going to be 24 hours. Going to be over before he even gets there. This is Donald Trump live this weekend. Lewis, cut number one. This whole world is on fire. This world is on fire. Before I even arrive at the Oval Office, I will have the horrible war between Russia and Ukraine totally settled. I'll have it done in 24 hours. I say that, and I would do that. That's easy compared to some of the things that I get that done in 24 hours. I know them both. I know them both. As the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. See that? I will be your, and I will be your peacemaker. I was your peacemaker. There he is, Donald Trump. Now it'll be over before he even gets there. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. It is a Monday. That means in the 7 o'clock hour from the National Review, the editor, Politico, NBC, our good buddy, which Lowry's going to stop by. We will talk to Curtis Lee, but don't forget, folks, tomorrow is a huge day. Tomorrow is election day for the primaries for all these city council races. And we've covered all of them on this show. It's a big, big deal. In fact, our show tomorrow is huge. Larry Elder in studio. We're going to spend an hour with Carrie Lake in studio, along with, um, you know, Bo Deedle, obviously, and Nancy Mace out of South Carolina. So tomorrow is a huge day, but we'll talk about these races the day before it closes with Curtis Sliwa coming up. At 7.05. So once again, live this morning from the beautiful Ohika Castle for the 6th Annual Big Daddy Celebrity Golf Classic. Some big-name guests going to stop by today. I think Michael Strahan at some point. Keep it right here. Sitting friends in the morning from a castle on a Monday morning on Long Island. We'll be right back. Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning, live from Ohika Castle in Huntington, Long Island. 77 WABC.
don't ask me what you know is true. Don't have to tell you. I love your precious heart. I I was standing. You were there. Two worlds collided, and they can never tear us apart. We could live. This was uh, one of our first fights. Danielle and I married 31 years yesterday. We both love this song. This is the great group In Excess. Never tear us apart. What a waste. Hutchinson, the way he died, hung himself with his own belt on some crazy sex act trying to cut off his oxygen. But uh, she wanted this song as our first dance, which is a great song, and I wanted some really gay Neil Diamond song, and so we went with that. But uh, this came on the, the car radio yesterday, Lou. We were driving on the way to dinner last night to a very good uh, sushi place in Howard Beach, Queens. I'm sure you and MJ know it for Nasia. This song came on, and she was explaining to Gabriel, I wanted this song to be our first dance, but Daddy wanted a different song. Neither one of us could even remember the name of the song that I chose. But uh, this is a classic. I know you love In Excess. So, yes? what, so what, who won? Who? What song played? I won. Oh, I wow. won. You know, we, you know, you and I, we played that Neil Diamond song once in a while. That ended up being our song, but... I think, in retrospect, she was right. Should have been that one by NXS, no? If you, since you can't remember the title of it, that, that probably is <laughs> yeah. a good enough reason, yes. So I wish Danielle yeah. had won, but maybe you could still play yeah. it. I don't know. Yeah, we'll just credit that. It'll be, that'll be Danielle's song, and mine will be the Neil Diamond song. 628 on your Monday morning. Another big week of shows. Sid and Friends in the morning today, live from this gorgeous Ohika Castle, which is Huntington... Long Island, this big golf tournament today. Some big names going to hop on the show, along with our regulars, Curtis Sliwa, Rich Lowry, and we've added now Colonel Jack Jacobs, one of my favorite people, Vietnam War veteran, very decorated Vietnam War veteran, on this, uh, well, this almost battle between the mercenaries and Russia on Saturday, which, again, from the time it started, I thought was a silly story. I knew they would turn around because it was suicide. But that didn't stop the coverage this weekend, hours and hours and hours, and that's what we do. Slow news days, we just, we just go nuts, but I don't buy it. Just like, again, like I mentioned earlier, that st- the, st- the submarine story last week, people got mad at me on Twitter. I never go on Twitter. I'm done with Twitter. There are a bunch of angry lowlives on Twitter. I never go on. So for the first time in about six months, I swear to God, six months, I checked my Twitter feed on Saturday, at Sid Rosenberg, and people were angry that we played Titanic. Shut up. No, they what are you weren't. Angry about? They were not. Oh, coming. they were. I swear to God. Oh, that's classless. Folks, I got news for you. Every now and then, I'm classless. That's why I'm number one. That's funny. Yeah. That's, that's a fact, funny. okay? Yeah, that's a fact. You're right. I'm classless because I said from day one last week, the tragedy of that story was a 19-year-old kid who didn't want to go whose father made him go, and now that kid is dead. The other four men, they're idiots. That was irresponsible. They were told time and time again not to do it. It's tragic they died, but they made that move. They weren't. The, the, you know, there's a story in uh, Rockaway on Saturday. I'm sure you heard about this. This beautiful 
19-year-old girl who was sitting, sitting at a bus stop on 108th Street. Oh, I, And some jerky kid lost control of his car going oh. 80 miles per hour, yeah. slammed into the bus stop and killed her. Yeah, right by the you Walgreens. Right by the Walgreens there, yes. I know exactly Correct. where right it was. right by the Walgreens. Yeah, that's a tragedy. Yes. Some young girl sitting minding her own business, getting run over. Not a bunch of guys who think they're going to recreate submarine travel. That was, you know, come on, man. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we played Titanic, and I do it with no remorse and no apology. And the same thing here. That was a dumb story on Saturday. Those ragtag mercenaries can't compete with the Russian army. It was never going to happen. Never. And if they tried it, they would have been dead in an hour. And that's all I kept thinking on Saturday afternoon. But uh, Trump, at that Faith and Freedom Coalition conference on Saturday, spoke about other things outside of Russia-Ukraine. He also talked specifically about allowing communists, talking about Russia, and Marxists into this country and what he would do to stop it. Lewis, this is my guy, President Trump, cut number two. Today I'm announcing a new plan to protect the integrity of our immigration system. Federal law prohibits the entry of communists and totalitarians into the United States. But my question is, what do we do with the ones that are already here that grew up in I think we have to pass a new law for them. Using federal law in Section 212F of the Immigration and Nationality Act, I will order my government to deny entry to all communists and all Marxists. One more from Donald Trump. We've got about six or seven cuts from that great speech. In this one, he talks about Lewis, time to liberate America. Donald Trump, cut number three. This is the final battle. With you at my side, we will demolish the deep state. We will expel the warmongers from our government. We will drive out the globalists. We will cast out the communists, Marxists, and fascists. And we will throw off the sick political class that hates our country. We will rout the fake news media, and we will defeat crooked Joe Biden. We will liberate America from these villains once and for all. Now, that's a leader. Uh, again, Thursday night, I'm invited to Bedminster to see President Trump and Carrie Lake, who will be live in studio for a full hour, 9 to 10. Tomorrow, I can't make it because of the Gravesend premiere. But speaking to Sergio, it uh, looks like a done deal. Donald Trump will be back on this show sometime in July. That is uh, great news. Okay. Uh, the show that I really enjoy on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. is my man, John Katz-Matidis. Love him. The Cats Round Table. That is a great show. Common Sense Prevails does discuss both sides of the story. Once again, it's on 8 o'clock every Sunday morning. And in today's clip of the day, he talks with our dear friend, who I did see at Fox News on Friday, Judge Janine Pirro. Here's Katz and the Judge, today's clip of the day. Judge Janine Pirro, I think the American people are starting to doubt the validity of the Department of Justice. Well, uh, you hate to say it. I spent 30 years in the trenches as a prosecutor, a judge, and a DA. I was a believer in the justice system. I believe in truth, justice, and the American way. But what is happening in America today, and people have felt it uh, instinctively, it's pretty clear that, you know, if you are a Democrat, you're going to get away with whatever you need to get away with. It shouldn't matter what part of the 
the political spectrum you're on. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. No, I'm on fire today. Look at this. Well, one of those days. You have those days sometimes. No, you do. <laughs> Good thing we're not playing for money. You don't be a house by now. Look at these guys. Who's winning? Oh, uh, you know who's winning. Daddy, how are you? It's good hey, to see you. Hey, Davey. Mikey, how are you, buddy? How are you, Davey? Good to see good. you, too. How you doing? I'm doing good. I mean, the heat, it's hot. Other than the heat, I'm doing really, really good. By the way, Ronaldo's out there. He wants to talk to you. All right. All right. Instagram at Rosenberg Sydney Facebook Sid Rosenberg. One of the scenes I'm in in Gravesend. Nine episodes. I'm in episodes one, two, five, six, and nine. It's a very short scene, but it is the introductory scene where they actually steal my base and name my character Dave Busco. In that scene, it's me, William DeMeo, Leo Rossi. Leo Rossi was the guy in that really, really scary movie with uh, Jodie Foster. When uh, those five guys rape her on the pinball machine and uh, the accused, it was called. It was an Academy Award movie. She won the Academy Award. And Leo was the older guy in that room that was kind of egging on the guys to do that to her. So he has one of the most really reprehensible characters in the history of Hollywood. He's in that scene with me. And then uh, when I say Ronaldo wants to see you outside, Ronaldo was played by Andrew Dice Clay. And he is great in this show. I mean great. So... Thursday night, the premiere, and it looks like Friday, episode one on Amazon Prime. If not Friday, Monday, but all uh, all very, very exciting. So that is, uh, that is coming up this week as we come live to you again from the Ohika Castle. And it's a gorgeous place, as I said at the very start of the show, living in Boca Raton for 16 years, very similar to the Boca Resort. Boca Resort is old and you know, it looks very stately on the outside, and same thing on the inside. Here, this is the library. Now, I don't know much about the history of this place. I know that two separate guys bought it. One guy for $11 million, which today would be $158 million. One guy for $8 million. But Matt Meany, our program director, he's here this morning. You know more about this place. Yeah, so um, Rick, uh, the, Rick uh, is uh, one of the guys here when me and Dan came from a site visit. So it's a little about the... Um, the, uh, this guy, Otto Kahn, bought it, you're right, in 1919, and um, he was a, a, a Jewish-American, uh, excuse me, a, a German-Jewish-born guy, and um, he, they wouldn't let him play on the golf courses here, so on top of building the castle, uh, he built his own golf course, but it's pretty cool, all the busts here, you know, um, we're in the library right now, and I mean, Sid, this... This is, if there, there's ever a library, you know, that is not a publicly funded library. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. It is. It does remind me, though, like I said earlier, of the haunted house yeah. at Disney World, like with these, all the different lighting fixtures and these old paintings. You expect the eyes all of a sudden to start moving. Yeah. 
but it is a beautiful place. It's uh, it is. It's it's a gorgeous golf course. And today, of course, is the sixth annual Big Daddy Golf Classic. My good buddy Richard Salgado here with a bunch of NFL stars. I do expect Michael Strahan to join us live at some point today. And our Monday guest will be here, which Larry Curtis Sliwa, and a very special guest coming up at eight oh five, Colonel Jack Jacobs, very decorated Vietnam War veteran. And this goes back to that story on Saturday with that ragtag Russian mercenary group that for some reason flirted with uh, going after Vladimir Putin, but of course uh, turned around when they figured out, oh my God, he's going to kill all of us and our families. Not a hard decision. And that was the big story this weekend. But I'll tell you another big story. Yesterday morning, my anniversary day, I know Danielle is listening. I love you, sweetheart. Happy anniversary. Love you so much. 31 years. She sent me a story from the New York Post, and it really bothered me. You know, I've had people on this show, Margaret Josephs, Real Housewives of New Jersey. She was on a couple of months ago promoting some some really good fundraiser, and she had drag queens at the fundraiser. Now, if you know Margaret, you know, you know that show, they spend a lot of time with gay people and drag queens and all that stuff, and that's what they do. Okay, God bless her. And then even my friend Jen from Dolce Aesthetics, you know, they have parties and do the same thing. So there's a story in uh, the New York Post yesterday, and the drag queens, now, of course, folks, again, most drag queens, I mean, they're not my type of people. I don't want anyone near my kids, but they're not bad people. They're not. Uh, but there are some, like everybody else, that are extreme. So the Gay Pride Parade yesterday, they had the extreme drag queens, and they actually chanted. They chanted at the parade, we are coming for your kids. Now, let me say this. Those are the extremes. There are the good ones. I don't care whether it's the good witch, Glenda, or the Bad Witch, Maxwell House. Drag queens should never be talking to our kids, no matter what. So, yes, these are the evil ones. They are not the majority. They're the minority. But it's just a reminder that these types of people should not be around our kids in schools, chanting on a parade, you're coming from my kids. I'll kill all of you, every one of you. What, are you kidding me? You're not coming from my kids. So the parents need to continue to fight this battle. And I know they have, you know, we have uh, we have some of these people on uh, all the time. And, uh, you know, look, they're, they're called terrorists. You know, if you go to Capitol Hill, for example, and you fight on behalf of your kids, they call you, when I say they, the media, the liberal media and Democrats, they call you a terrorist. And you're not a terrorist. You're a good parent, like I am. And most of you listening are right now. And again, you can talk to your blue in the face. No one is going to convince me that story time in a school, story time in a school is where drag queens belong. And again, I know the people in the post are not representative of most drag queens. I don't care. Good or bad, they don't belong in our schools talking to our kids. Sorry. And that's the end of the story, okay? So uh, the, the parade was yesterday. We continue in this perverse fashion to raise flags every day. I had three guys, excuse me, two men and one woman, I, I believe, on uh, Thursday when we celebrated Gay Pride Day. Mm -hmm. And every one of them agreed, every one of them, and they're gay, and they said, listen, it is way too much. Make June 27th our day, have a parade, have parties, raise a flag. But even they agreed, and they were gay, a full month of it is way too much. And I've made that point about gay people, about black people. I'm a Jew. We've been persecuted. Six million of my people were destroyed and wiped out in World War II. We don't deserve a month. 
one month for any group of people, any color, any creed, any race, any sexual preference becomes perverse. I don't want to see another flag being raised on Long Island or in New Jersey the rest of this month. Well, it is almost over. July 1st is only a couple of days away. But that was uh, the story, I think, yesterday that really angered a lot of folks. By the way, I'm not going to kill anybody. I was only kidding. I would not kill anybody. I'm not being literal, just, just in case you just got, got nervous out there. But on a serious note, it is, uh, it is not right. So that is uh, my, my rap on the drag queens coming for our children in, in yesterday's New York Post. I know Curtis Sliwa was very upset about it. He sent me the story in a text, and he said, quote, this is disgusting. So while Curtis is going to come on and talk a lot about the city council races tomorrow which, again, tomorrow is primary election day. It's a big day. We've covered these races. Uh, in one race alone, we had both Ari Kagan and Anna on in their attempt to one-seat Justin Brennan come November. We did have uh, Samantha Zerker on twice. We did not have Christy on, Mike Rendino's sister, nor George Havernack, who's Curtis's uh, choice in this race. But Jennifer Harrison reached out to me yesterday and, of course, she's uh, Victims' Rights New York out there on Shorty, Long Island. And she said that a lot of the stuff that Samantha has said not once but twice in our studios is a bunch of lies. Uh-oh. She said, listen, Mike Rendino, say what you want about the guy. He's been in recovery for a long time. I could certainly appreciate that. And he would never talk badly about somebody's kid dying of a drug overdose being in recovery. And I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I'm sure he's in recovery. I don't know. But Harrison is making the argument for Rendino while Curtis and Zerka have been killing Mandino on this show for the better part of three weeks. So we're going to find out what's really going on with tomorrow, the big day here in New York. The numbers, the amount of people, I'll share them with Curtis coming up at 7.05. The numbers, the amount of people in every borough that voted early are pathetic. They're not bad. They're pathetic. In fact, one borough led the way with 14,000 votes. Folks, that's over 10 days that is not nearly enough. You guys don't understand. The city council has a lot of power, sometimes even more than the mayor. And for 14,000 people to vote over a 10-day period in one of our largest boroughs, that tells you all you need to know. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Once again, live from the gorgeous Ohika Castle. We're here today for Big Daddy's 6th Annual Golf Celebrity Classic. Some very cool live guests to come your way, plus which Lowry, Curtis Lewa, and General Jack Jacobs. Monday morning in Huntington with me, your choice, New York Radio's number one morning show, Sid Rosenberg, exclusively on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Radio 77 WABC. This is Sidney Friends in the Morning, live from Ohika Castle in Huntington, Long Island. 77 WABC. 
love this song. Nice job, Lou Rapino, back in the studio with Justin Ellick as we come live to you from Ohika Castle. We've got a, like six or seven people here today doing a great job. Somebody asked me over the weekend, are you going to play Monday? <laughs> I'm on record saying this before, no disrespect to the guys out there that love golf, because most of you idiots do. It's just, I just got, I mean, I'd almost rather be in a, in a, in a prison with, with a bunch of Iraqis for, for a month. I, I can't even imagine something worse. And I did it. Believe me, I, I've been invited to the most beautiful golf tournaments from Lake Tahoe. I mean, stuff that Andrew Giuliani wouldn't be invited to, I got invited to. And he's a real-time golfer, too. Uh, I just, I can't take it. I tried for years. I used to work with a guy named Scott Kaplan, who's a pretty good golfer. I tried for years going to these beautiful events to play, and I would last six or seven holes, and that was it. I always get a blister on the same part mm-hmm. of my thumb every time. I'm hot. I'm sweaty. No, it's not I've got to talk you. to the same guys no, it's not for, for like you. hours and hours. It is just, it's the worst day of anybody's life. <laughs> you agree, Lou? It's the worst day of your life because there's too much downtime for you. There's too much walking between holes. There's too much. You've got to be jumping around, moving, doing stuff, having your phone out. It's the Golf is not for you. But it's not being in an Iraqi prison. It's not. It's You're not right. Like it's that. worse. Okay. No, it's worse. You're right. It's worse. I'll take it. I'll take it today. I'll do six months. You name it. Fallujah. Uh, I don't care. What's the uh, capital over there again that we had all those, uh, all those skirmishes in the battle? Baghdad. Baghdad. Yeah, I'll Baghdad. take that. But this is a gorgeous course if, in fact, you did want to play, yeah. right? And, yeah. uh, and it's, a, it's quite a cast today, all these NFL quarterbacks and you know, before you know it, folks, I know the, the Mets lost again yesterday. And Aye. what a miserable season Aye. for the Mets. You hear Meanie in the background. Yeah. Going, and uh, the Yankees uh, did salvage another series. When the Yankees, for all the bashing that Aaron Boone takes, doing a pretty good job. Aaron Judge, of course, is still injured with a ligament injury. And they've never had the kid with dome pitch yet, $170 million later. And mm. they're doing a good job. The Mets are miserable. But before you know it, folks, going to be NFL training camps. Yeah. So, right? We're like a month away from the Jets and the Giants. And say what you want in this country. We love our baseball. It's my favorite sport. We love our basketball. Just had a great basketball season and just had the draft a couple of days ago. And lots of my audience loves the Rangers and loves hockey. But there is not a sport in this country that comes close. In fact, around the world, outside of soccer, that comes close to the popularity of the National Football League. And before you know it, we're going to kick that thing off and a bunch of real famous NFL celebrities are here where I am this morning on Long Island, and a few will stop by sometime over the next three hours. So a very exciting three hours about to come your way with great guests, including kicking it off with my man Curtis Sliwa, as he does every weekday morning at 7.05. Hope you enjoyed hour number one, hour number two of New York's favorite talk show, Sitting Friends in the Morning, live from Ohika Castle, Huntington, Long Island, about to come your way. Radio 77 WABC. Sit in Friends in the Morning, live from Mohica Castle in Huntington, Long Island. 77 WABC. Bring it.
on your mark, ready, set, let's go. Oh, I know why you're playing this. I know why get jiggy because Will Smith, or Will Smith, as I should say, sings this song, and he is the most recent winner as a man for the Academy Award for his brilliant portrayal of Richard Williams, Venus and Serena's father, and King Richard. And you're saying the clip I put up this morning where I speak for literally three seconds as Dave Busco on Gravesend is going to be worthy of that. Is that why you played this song, Lewis? If it's why, you're a genius. It sounds like a good reason to me. <laughs> I was sitting See, here. but my mind thinks like that. In one second, yeah. I thought of that. When you played the song, that that's pretty you, genius stuff. No, no it's it's pretty no. psychotic, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sitting well, there's here a going, fine like, line. There's a very fine line between genius and psychotic. Yeah, you know that. I said, you know, but I don't know. And I turned to Justin. I'm like, this is going to sound good because I have no idea what he yeah. what he means. <laughs> well, if anyone knows the fine line between genius and psychotic, it's my next guest who comes in every morning at this time. Why? Because he's great. He started one day a week, two days a week. Now he's five days a week. He gets big ratings every weekday from noon to one on his own show all weekend long on the other, other, other side of midnight. And, of course, has dedicated his life, the better part of four decades, to protecting New Yorkers with very little pay. But I mean pay. I don't mean money. I mean even respect. Here he is, my guy Curtis Sliwa, who was very upset yesterday morning. He texted me about that uh, drag queen story. And, of course, I agree 100%. Good Monday morning, Curtis. No, it's not good. How can it be good when we had Pride this weekend? And on Friday night, not far from where I used to reside, 131 Avenue A in St. Mark's Place across the street, Tompkins Park, Square Park, they have the annual transgender parade. And I've seen it before through Tompkins Square Park. While everybody was selling uh, reefer, while everybody was zoning out all the emotionally disturbed, they would come parading through. But this time they came parading through chanting, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. And they started parading through the streets of the Lower East Side. And I said to myself, okay, you always have a faction in any group that is weirding out, that is so extreme that you want to just... Uh, commit a late-term abortion on them and get rid of them out of the march. Nobody, nobody condemned them. Nobody said, hey, chill out. You can't bring that to our march. And then on Sunday, yesterday, the Grand Parade, the New York Post sent reporters into the crowd and said, what did you think of those drag queens on Friday night in Tompkins Square Park chanting, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children? And like half the crowd said, oh, it was just lighthearted. It was just a joke. Uh, don't take it seriously. And the other half of the crowd of gays and lesbians said, no, no, we cannot sanction this. We got to condemn it. The same way, Sid, I would say to Republicans, you cannot embrace the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers. Or as I would say to the Democrats, you cannot embrace Black Lives Matter, which has become big, large mansions and Antifa. And then all of a sudden, Gerald the Whale Nadler, by the way, who was waddling through Gay Pride Parade yesterday. Remember he said Antifa is just an ideology? They broke my freaking jaw. 
Utah on the night of June 2nd, 2020, when the Guardian Angels were defending the city, when Bill de Blasio, who your lovely wife Danielle is investigating with the commission, told the cops to stand back. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the reality of the streets. And this is the year the transgenders, and I'm telling you, they're such a small, uh, just almost non-recognizable percentage of the gay and lesbian community. Gays and lesbians have to now come together and say, enough of this. We are not going to be defined by these people who are pushing the envelope and now screaming that they're coming for people's children. I couldn't agree more. And again, you made the point that there are the extremists and you brought up BLM and Antifa and the the Proud Boys and all that. You're 100% right, Curtis. But I don't care if they're the small percentage because, to be honest, even the nice people... The drag queens don't belong in front of our kids anyway. It's not like, well, the good ones are good, the bad ones are bad. In this case, in front of little children, they're all bad, even the nice ones. So I hope this drives it home and makes people are okay with it, come to the realization, whether they're extremists, the good ones, the bad ones. Drag queens belong in adult places at night with a lot of booze and stupid people, nowhere near children at any time of the day, Curtis. Now, Sid, let me tell you, though, on Saturday was the annual Dykes on Bikes Parade. Out, oh, come outside, of, outside of the Central Library at 42nd and 5th. They've been doing this since 1976. This was back when the only way you could actually see a woman expose their breasts is to get National Geographic, you know, when all of a sudden they would do uh, profiles of people who were still living in the Stone Age, and you would wait for the monthly copy to arrive. You would go down there for the Dykes on Bikes Parade, and all the women would have no tops on whatsoever, and they'd be on Harleys. The problem is that it's no longer fashionable because you can see female breasts everywhere, including on men growing female breasts. But now they have banners, lavender banners, that said, no more rapist police, no more racist cops, no more police. Whoa! If you're going to all of a sudden start pushing the envelope that way, you are ostracizing yourself from the mainstream population. Gays and lesbians are under attack. They physically get attacked. There are homophobes out there that would love to kill them. Who's going to defend them when they're under attack? The NYPD, the police. Who are they going to call? 911. Stop this nonsense. Stop it. Tomorrow happens to be the elections. You and I have been talking about this for weeks. Uh, I've done a lot of it on this show. You do a lot on your show as well. Just last week, we had Anna, Ari Kagan, Samantha Zerker, Nicole Maliotakis, and a host of others talking about the city council races, Curtis. And again, it all comes down to tomorrow. So they closed the early voting yesterday. And listen to these numbers. Ten days, ten days, Curtis, of early voting. Less than 10,700 votes in Manhattan. Only 7,400 votes in the whole borough of the Bronx. Just over 12,200 votes in Brooklyn. Queens led the way with just over 14,000. That's over 10 days and none in Staten Island. You look at those numbers, Curtis, it is pathetic. Do people not realize how much power the city council yields? Ask Eric Adams on a daily basis because those early voting numbers... That's scary to me. Well, I didn't see your friend Kunta Kinte out there. Remember, don't call him Toby. Call him Kunta Kinte. Trying to rally up a vote. 
He basically was on the down low because he had a really bad last week, you know, first talking about how God uh, communicates with him. And then, I don't know if you saw it, I'm going to send uh, you and Justin uh, the audio and the video. He decided from now on, when he's introduced at his many press conferences during the day, it's going to be like when Derek Jeter, number two, got in the box, and you have some kind of music, you know, for every ball player getting in the batter's box. He now has music before his press conference. And you know who he had as his health care expert talking on Thursday about medical issues in New York City? Fat Joe. Fat (laughs) Joe. The deadbeat rapper who didn't pay his taxes, and he was talking about the Amish. He couldn't find Lancaster, Pennsylvania if his life depended on it. What is happening to your guy? He's losing it. He's losing it. But anyway, uh, no, let's, we've got, let's get down. We've got the, another bit, by the way, to your point. We do have another Twilight Zone bit coming up today uh, about <laughs> Eric Adams. And I think he's not losing it. I think he's lost it. And I am upset with Eric because I have sent him now three consecutive texts with no response, including a Happy Father's Day text last Sunday. Have not heard back. So my guess is, Curtis, is that things get back to people in this city very, very quickly, especially on this show with our massive audience. So maybe someone's told Derek, hey, you've been pissing Sid off at this point. I don't know. But he's not losing it, Curtis. He's lost it. Listen, Sid, if you had to choose between talking directly to God, Hashem, J.C., or Sid Rosenberg, who would you choose? I mean, Eric is in direct communication, according to him, with God himself, with Hashem, with J.C. He's closed down your pipeline. You just can't compete with Jesus Christ, with Hashem. Do you realize that? (laughs) Yeah, I guess you're right. By no, the way, is, uh, very, let, very let's tough. talk about my expertise, the subways. You promo that. Right in your backyard. Right in your backyard, Lou. Beach, 116th Street, last stop of the shuttle from Broad Channel on the A-Train towards the Irish Riviera. It's 9 o'clock last night, and a guy gets stabbed and robbed at the last stop 116th, that's Beach 116th. An hour before that, in my old hood, Canarsie, on the L train, robbed of his cell phone and stabbed at 105th Street before the last stop, Rockaway Parkway, at 8 o'clock. The day before, a female transit cop punched in the face, a conductor having his booth smashed with a psychotic with a hammer. This subway system is out of control, Sid. And what did I tell you? On June 20th, all that overtime, the Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb granted in order to fight off the surge of Congressman Lee Zeldin on the crime issue 10 days before the actual general election is over. There's no more overtime to flood the subways with cops. So please, never again have Arthur Idella come on and say, oh, it's so much better in the subways. I've been down there. Really, Arthur? Come ride with me. In fact, hey, Sid and Lou, you're going to come ride with me to Beach 116th Street on the A train? Come on. Come on. Come on, no, listen, Sid I don't, need to, I don't need to ride there. I, I actually uh, frequent that diner, the last stop diner, which is directly outside that train station. And you know, Curtis, I've even gone to you and said, we need guardian angels on Beach 116. Now, being the great New Yorker and great man you are, you have put your people out there for a couple of weeks now already, so thank you for that. But you are talking about some of the worst, the A train, the L train, 
Those are some of the worst subways for a long time. It didn't start with Eric Adams. You know, if you're telling me the one, the two, the three, the four, the five, and the six, they're worse now than ever. I'll give more credence to that. But the trains you're picking, they've always been awful. Always. Uh, Sid, you, you stop at the last stop diner. If you happen to ride the A train to Beach 116th Street or you go in the other direction, Mott Avenue, it might well be the last stop of your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, a appropriately named Last Stop yeah. Diner. No, I get it. I get it. So let me let me ask you what. Uh, Jennifer Harrison sent me a text yesterday, Victims Rights New York. I like this girl. Her boyfriend murdered many, many years ago. She actually spoke when Jim Jordan came to town with a bunch of other folks who have been treated badly in this city. And she sent me a text. She said, you know, Sid, I love you. I love Curtis. But the way you guys are treating Mike Rendino is absolutely awful. She said, Sid, just like you, he's been in recovery for years. There's no, I know the guy for 17 years and his sister. There's no way in a million years that guy's going to make fun of Samantha Zerker's dead son. He's in recovery. We just don't do that. And she was pretty pissed. So I'm wondering, Curtis, if maybe we've gotten this thing wrong. Any chance? Uh, no. Where do, Jennifer lives in Long Island, right? She Surely pro- Long Island, yes. Yeah, yeah, she, she probably can stop over to Mike Rendino's house in Garden City and have a cup of coffee and, and a, a few cookies or a little bit of cake. Let me tell you something. I know Mike Rendino. The guy's in recovery, and yet he owns a gin mill stands right across the street from Yankee Stadium where they water down the beer. It's cash only, no debit cards, no credit cards, and I'm telling you, that's what you call a subway operation. I had a meeting with him and his partners here, after I crushed Fernando Mateo, his candidate that he put up to beat me, and his eyeballs were rolling in the back of his head. Uh, he was sampling a little bit of the product. said, don't give me this recovery <laughs> stuff. I saw it firsthand outside of Yankee Stadium in the Subway wow. Series. When I was outside, I was recruiting. And you know who I met after I met with Rendino and his partners? I met Hawk Newsom of Black Lives Matter. And we were battling in the heart of the South Bronx. So, Jennifer, you're a wonderful lady. You're, you're, you're involved in a good cause. But I got my boots on the ground in the Bronx. I mean, I'm, 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 slamming it in the Bronx. I know where everyone's bones are buried and who buried it. So, please, this is a battle for the soul of the Republican Party in the Bronx. In fact, it's that same Mike Rendino who has endorsed Darcel Clark, who's running for re-election in the Democratic primary for district attorney, uh, cited by everyone with the worst conviction and dismissal rate in the city, worse than Alvin Bragg, and he didn't even put up a Republican candidate. Now, you know why he didn't put up a Republican candidate to run against, sir? Because if he did do that, he'd probably be investigated for all kinds of fraudulent activity. So please, stay out of this. This is a civil war for the soul of the GOP in the Bronx, where Mike Rendino has never won a race. Never. He's made money, but he runs to lose. And tomorrow... I'm going to be out there for George Habernick to get what little vote is coming out to push him over the top. In fact, today you're going to see me on the back of a pickup truck all throughout Frog's Neck, all throughout Morris Park. I'm going to be rocking the microphone, trying to wake people up to know if you don't control the city council, the city council will control us, these socialists, and run us right the hell down to the sixth borough of the city of New York where you came from Boca Raton.
<laughs> hey, listen, as always, that's a great job, courtesy where the interns have arrived here at the golf course, all dolled out in their red 77 WABC T-shirts, the guys in khakis, the girls in white pants. Our sports leader, Mike DeDino, is here as well to do some interviews on the golf course. Great job, Curtis. There's nobody better. There's nobody better. Curtis Sliwa. And you guys. I only know Carly's name. I don't know the rest of these kids, the boys I don't know. But they're all here today at Ohika Castle. Big, big show coming up. Curtis was terrific. Still to come this hour, Rich Lowry. We will talk to Colonel Jack Jacobs next hour and a bunch of live guests as well. Keep it right here. Monday morning with your favorite talk show host in New York City. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, live in Huntington at Ohika Castle. And we continue what's already been a great Monday show right after these words. I mix it high, getting jiggy with them. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning, live from Ohika Castle in Huntington, Long Island. 77 WABC. New York, 2023. As a smoky smog previously encompasses the city with panic, the mayor of the city hears noises from above. God spoke to my heart. Is it the noise of an extraterrestrial being? No. He claims it's the word of God. This mayor's name is Eric Adams. And under his reign, he receives a holy message from the Twilight Zone. God spoke to my heart and said, you are going to be the mayor January 1st, 2022. God took the most perfectly imperfect person and brought him to a level of being the most powerful mayor in the city of New York. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my on the show in quite some time was said by a bunch of us last week though the blasio lazy eric adams crazy we'll see adams has uh, a while to go live this morning from ohika castle and what's a huge week for me i mean we're here today that's a big deal and uh, of course as i mentioned a couple of times you can check out the clip that's on my instagram page at rosenberg.sydney my facebook page sid rosenberg my introductory scene for season two of the mob drama Gravesend, which hits Amazon Prime this weekend. Nine episodes. I'm in five of them. Episodes one, two, five, six, and nine. Very excited. Great cast. Chaz Palminteri, Vinny Pastore, Armand DeSante, Fran Drescher, Gina Gershon, William DeMeo, Peter Gordio, Chris Mamondo, just to name a few. And we've got our red carpet premiere back here on Long Island on Thursday night. That's going to be a great party. And then uh, the show starts this week. But even bigger than all of that, all of that, is my son Gabriel. A big night tomorrow night. He'll play his first ever team basketball game 
for Sandbar basketball team in Rockaway. It's a great summer league. It's the St. Francis Summer Basketball League. I want to thank my friend Brian Flip Mullen, certainly Mike Sullivan, Frank O'Hara, Phil Hughes, all those guys for making this possible, and mostly my son, who through very, very hard work, determination, and resilience went from a little boy who couldn't walk, and the doctor told me and Danielle, quote, he'll never lead the league in scoring, and he'll never score 30 in a game, and he'll never hit 300 to a kid now that is on a legitimate basketball team coming up tomorrow night. So for me, I'm nervous, I'm excited, I know Gabe is too. First game, 7 o'clock tomorrow night. We'll be out there at 6.40. So I do want to wish my son a hearty congratulations. And one day after, his mommy and daddy celebrated a 31-year wedding anniversary. Gabriel, you are the real star. All right, I got to uh, get to Rich Lowry coming up next. We're going to talk to Colonel Jack Jacobs at 8.05, then live guests rolling in, including, I believe, Michael Strahan next hour. Talk Radio 77, WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From my friends. 77 WABC. This whole world is on fire. This world is on fire. Before I even arrive at the Oval Office, I will have the horrible war between Russia and Ukraine totally settled. I'll have it done in 24 hours. I say that. And I would do that. That's easy compared to some of the things. that I'd get that done in 24 hours. I know them both. I know them both. As the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. See that? I will be your... And I will be your peacemaker. I was your peacemaker. for you. Monday morning at 741 Islands in the Sun. Sid and friends coming to you live this morning from the gorgeous Ohika Castle here in Huntington, Long Island. That was, in fact, my guy, President Trump. And he's right. He's done it. Ron DeSantis hasn't done it. Donald Trump did. The world was fine. Fine. Now it's a mess. And he did speak at the Faith and Freedom Coalition Conference. That brings up to my next, uh, brings us, I should say, to our next Monday morning guest. Love this guy. Of course, he's the editor of the National Review, but he's done political on NBC. Does it all, but his best work, I maintain, 7.40 every Monday morning with me. And that's my buddy, Rich Lowry. Richard, good morning. How are you, pal? Good, Sid. How are you? How are things out there? It's nice. It's, uh, you know, look, uh, they said rain all weekend, and yesterday, for the most part, was a beach day for about six yeah. hours. Yeah. And they said rain all day today, and right now we've got the sun shining on the golf course here on Long Island. It's going to rain at some point, but thank God they've not been complete washouts. But i got to tell you, 
the more I listen to Trump, as crazy as he sounds, and always sounds crazy, but the more I listen, the more I believe him. Is that me just wanting to have a real leader? What do you feel the same? <laughs> I think it's probably the latter, but there's a chance he could shake something loose, you know, um, with Russia and Ukraine. Uh, not going to happen in 24 hours. Um, and it would be a good thing if there, there could be some deal here along the lines. I think what he would find, though, if your elected president tried to do this, the, the Russians are, are a big part of the problem. <laughs> you know, it's going to be hard to get yeah. the Ukrainians to swallow losing territory, but uh, Putin needs needs desperately needs a win. I think what happened over the weekend means he needs a win more than ever. Um, so it, it, w- it would be hard. Nothing happened over the weekend. I'm going to talk to Colonel Jack Jacobs, a decorated Vietnam vet, coming up at 8.05, but nothing happened. If you're listening earlier in the program, Danielle told me on Saturday they're about to overthrow Putin. I said, are you nuts? Some ragtag mercenary oh, yeah. army? If anything, Putin looks better because for as tough as he we're going to Moscow. We're going to take him out. And then you know what happened? Putin said, okay, try it. I'm going to kill you, all of you, and your families. And they went the other way. So if anything, to me, Putin looks stronger after the mercenaries turned around on Saturday. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I never, it never made any sense. Uh, my first instinct was the same as yours. How are these guys, supposedly 25,000, but, you know, those numbers are always exaggerated, going to drive 400 miles, whatever it was, to Moscow, just unmolested, right. you know, with, with, with uh, limited supplies. They're going to run out of gas at some point and, and take over <laughs> the city of whatever it is, 14 million. It was absurd. Very shortly after I posted something basically saying that, unless something shocked, you know, unless the regime's collapsed and we don't know it, this isn't going to work, you know, they turn around. Uh, but I don't know, having the, the president of Belarus have to negotiate, um, not, you know, th- this guy needs to end up, the uh, head of the Wagner Group, needs for Putin's purposes, needs to end up dead, like, soon. Um, yeah, he's going to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they were uh, friends. They I, were actually I, good I, friends I at one weakness. point. But, yeah, no, he's, it's not weakness yet. Again, they turned around. Weakness would have been, we're going to Moscow. But when Putin threatens them and they turn around, that's not weakness, which I completely disagree. And he is going to kill him. And then what? You know, look, these guys, I don't know how much they've meant to the actual war in Ukraine, but we'll get more into the one Ukraine coming up with Jacobs. I want to talk about the guy in charge here, because he is not promising any Americans, Rich, that will end this Ukraine-Russia war in 24 hours, okay? And I'll argue with Peter King till I'm blue in the face. He loves this, Biden. He's giving him money, giving him money. He's a compromised president. We still have no idea how much real money the Bidens got from Burisma oh, yeah. and Ukraine. All that plays a role in this. If you think this is just the United States being good-hearted and worrying about Zelensky, you're a moron. There's a lot that goes into this, and a lot of it is not good. Your thoughts? Well, I don't know how much it plays into the Ukraine policy, but the, the investigations and the whistleblowers, now we're getting real stuff. You know, it's, it's, yeah. if it's not a smoking gun, there's a gun on the table, you know? Um, yeah. The, the, this this uh, call or the text where Biden's like, my dad's right here, even if his dad isn't right there, it shows just how blatant the influence peddling was, how everyone was supposed to know that Biden was involved. And as as the great Miranda Devine has a column in the Post uh, today, you know, he, he, was, he was at lunches with these people. He was at meetings with these people. Um, so, again, the, 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 the huge thing is did, can you directly establish that Joe Biden himself was, was uh, benefiting? That, that's, the, that's, that's when the, the, the gun is, is really smoking. Um, but, but everything we've seen is, is bad. And just, just this text message from Hunter would have been the worst thing that Robert Mueller found. 
Robert Mueller found nothing uh, remotely nothing. as bad as that, <laughs> you know, and, and no, I mean, he got the, 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 no the hard time over it the other day, but obviously the yes. level of coverage is not what it would be. There's no reason to compare Biden to Trump anymore. Anybody with a half a brain knows that, uh, you know, if you impeached Trump twice and indicted Trump twice, you could do it to Biden 10 times. It's not even close. So I don't want to make those comparisons anymore because they're silly. But, you know, you brought up the, the Hunter Biden message. My father is sitting right here. And Jim Comer keeps telling us he's got tapes. He's got more evidence. There are bank records that show, bang, 100 percent that Joe Biden got money from this. What are they waiting for? Because I know that last week, Lauren Boebert in the House moved to impeach Biden, introducing articles of impeachment. What are they waiting for is my question. Uh, that I don't know. You know, we need to see it. I, I would say everything that's happened so far would um, you, you tend to believe, Comer, right? Um, but we yeah. we need to we need to to, to see it. Um, but uh, th- this is a, a, there are two huge risks to the Democrats in going with Biden again. One health, which we talked about a lot. The other is this. You know, how do they know there's not going to be a smoking gun? You know, sometime next year when he, already when he's a nominee and he'll be even more wounded. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I don't know how you could even consider having Joe Biden pass the age of 82 as president. And I guess, and we talked about this a million times, Gavin Newsom, that's uh, that's their guy out in California. He's the one they're going to count on if, in fact, Biden can't do it. You know, you see different polls and Trump is killing DeSantis, but only DeSantis can beat Biden. I mean, the whole thing is such a mess. And that has people talking about Trump's electability, which I think is silly because he's going to win the nomination. It doesn't matter. DeSantis is nowhere near near him at this point. So is that what it is? It's Biden until he actually falls off the stage and then it's Gavin Newsom? Yeah, so I think they'll run, you know, because Biden can't use a walker. I, I think he'll need one sometime soon just by looking right. at him. But you can't have a president of the United States do that. So I think tragically they'll, they'll keep trotting him out until something terrible happens, until it's just undeniable that it's not safe for him to be walking around the way he is now. You know, that, that could easily happen within the next year, right? Um, and, yeah. um, and Newsom is looming. It's a shadow campaign. Um, but if something happens, he obviously wants to be – wants to be in it. You know, Kamala would be in it as well. I imagine you get some others. Um, but uh, Newsom, you know, looks like a president, but I think would have a lot, some big problems for them. I mean, he's way, so way out on the cultural stuff, not, not the least hint of moderation. Uh, there's some personal stuff that hasn't been a problem in California, but might, might not play so well nationally. So uh, I think he's kind of a shiny object for them. One more, Rich. You're a parent. Uh, you're in New York City. Of course, we're still celebrating Pride Month. It feels like forever, and it is forever. And they had the parade yesterday, but as Curtis pointed out, they started this drag queen stuff at a different site on Friday, Tompkins Square Park. We're here. We're queer. We're coming for your kids. Mm -hmm. They continued yesterday. And I'm getting yelled at by my friends who, hey, listen, not every drag queen is like that. I don't care. Drag queens and kids don't make any sense. Right, good exactly. people, bad people. What am I missing here, Rich? What am I missing? I, I, we <laughs> talked about this last week. I totally don't get it. Where, yeah, where, where do kids come in on, on the drag queen thing? It's just like, I mean, you know, it used to be Disney, uh, you know, Mickey Mouse, <laughs> and uh, a clown, you know? And, and uh, right. drag queens. You know, there's some, I don't know where there was the other day, there's also... Uh, a guy who just stopped in front of these kids who were at a pride parade, who shouldn't be at a pride parade, in my opinion, and it was twerking right in front of them. Like, why? What's, what's wrong with yeah. you? What's that impact? Oh, I also saw footage yesterday of uh, four guys at a corner, 
and their asses were out. They were chapless pants. I mean, why do you got to do that? You're gay. That's great. Fantastic. But you got grown men walking around with their butt cheeks out. Who wants to see that? Yeah. So, you know, what happened is, is over the last 20 years, um, a lot of gay people said, you know what? What we're going to prove to people is we're like everyone else. You know, we're like the nice couple next door, and we should get married because that's what we want to do. We're not going to bother you, and we're just going to be like everyone else. And still, like most gay people we know, they're, they're like that. But then the, the movement has been taken over by the trans and drag queens and all this just yeah. absurdity yeah. and is, has, um, is setting it back, or at least all the advances that they're trying to make. Let's have males compete against females. Um, let's have you know, drag queens performing at schools or whatever it is. All that stuff is hugely unpopular, like 60, 70, 80 percent, according to all the polling. It doesn't matter what the outfit is. So we're winning against their extremism. Um, but the extremism itself is, is really disturbing. Rich, uh, as always, not a good appearance, a great appearance. I love these on Monday morning, buddy. Thank you so much. Have a great week. We'll do it again Enjoy next Monday. Day, Thanks, man. There he is, the editor of the National Review, Political, NBC, all of it, a great Monday morning guest. Rich Lowry, a lot more still to come. Again, Colonel Jack Jacobs on this uh, Russia Ukraine war, the mercenaries, all that coming up at 8.05. And then guests start to come in live here at the library at Ohika Castle just after that. Big Daddy ready to bring them in. So it's going to be a very, very exciting couple of hours here. Keep it right here, your favorite talk show in New York City. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC from beautiful Ohika Castle on your Monday morning. Good morning, New York City. Together. Radio 77 WABC. This is Sidden Friends in the Morning, live from Mohica Castle in Huntington, Long Island. 77 WABC. On your Monday morning, back on Sid and Friends in the Morning, live from the Ohika Castle. I, I spoke too soon. I talked about how yesterday the weather was supposed to be really bad. It wasn't. I was on the beach for hours. I got a great tan today. And today was sunny, too, and now it's pouring. So that's the end of that. And I believe these goppers are set to tee off at about 1 o'clock. It is coming down hard in Huntington right now. So that's one of two golf tournaments today because my main man, John Katsimatidis, our proud owner, and soon to be the owner of CNN, according to everything I'm reading this weekend. He's got his golf tournament coming up later on this afternoon. A bunch of my friends and sponsors like Pete Morgan are going to play there today, but doesn't look like, at least right now, the weather gods want the golfers to play 
We'll see. Uh, that can change. There's a lot of big-time former NFL people here today looking forward to golfing on this course, and hopefully the weather will improve. It's supposed to be like this, I think, until Wednesday. Aye, aye, aye. And my kids got that basketball game tomorrow night. It better not rain. So uh, keep your eye out. We've got Joe Nolan here providing you with the traffic and the, the weather and all that stuff. Brought to you, mind you, by Ray Katina Porsche. Very, very fancy, Joe Nolan, this morning. We've had a great two hours today. Curtis Sliwa was great. So was uh, Rich Lowry. We've talked about all the major stories. That Russian uh, mercenary group that was on their way to Moscow, they turned around after they spoke to Putin. You can only imagine what Putin told these guys. That was the biggest story of the weekend. But, of course, Donald Trump spoke again, and he wooed the crowd. More bad news for Joe and Hunter Biden as more and more proof comes out that these guys absolutely 1,000% took money from some of our biggest enemy governments. So not a good weekend for those guys, and not a good weekend for the Mets. <laughs> you know, my Mets, I can't even watch them. I put the game on Saturday. They beat the Phillies. Yesterday I was walking past my buddy Eric's bar, Jameson's, on 129 in Rockaway, and the game was tied at two. I go, we may take two out of three. We may have a series win. But no, as I said on Brian Kilmeade's show on Saturday night, One Nation on Fox News, over one million viewers saw me on Saturday night. One million. Uh, the Mets are part of the big issue. In fact, Lewis, before we break and get to Colonel Jack Jacobs, why don't you play that? This is me live on Brian Kilmeade's One Nation show on Fox News Saturday night talking about climate control and what I think is actually worse. New York Talk Radio host, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. And Sid, let's start with you. You're a parent. Are you bringing up climate change a lot at the dinner table? Has it have everybody worried? Is that why you don't have nine kids? That's why, yes, that's why. Uh, this may be the dumbest story I've ever heard in my whole life, to be honest. I know I'm worried about stuff like taxes, inflation, world wars, the Mets. Before I worry about climate control, don't forget Al Gore said by 2015 the world would be over. Wrong. And uh, Thursday was the five-year anniversary for Greta Thunberg, who told us in 2023 yeah, right. the world would be over. So how all these people you? seem to be wrong. How dare me? I know. <laughs> right. There you have it. All these uh, zealots telling us the world is coming to an end and climate control. That idiot president just last week said this is the biggest threat to humans today. Not terrorism, not taxes, not the subway, climate control. God save us. That's all I can say. Hour three, live from Ohika Castle, live guests, including, I think, Michael Strahan, about to come your way next hour, plus Colonel Jack Jacobs, all that and more, the second half of New York's number one talk show. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, here on 77 WABC, is coming back, but after these short messages. Radio 77 WABC. Sit in Friends in the Morning, live from Mohica Castle in Huntington, Long Island. 77 WABC. Intrigues, clashes, and so on has led in the First World War to a tremendous uh, turmoil and uprest. And that uh, resulted in the tragedy of the First World War, and the Russians were the victims of that. 
And this was affected by a number of opportunistic elements. We will not let this uh, be repeated. We will defend our motherland, including overcoming a number of obstacles. This is treason and it is about the ambition of inimical forces. The heroes who uh, freed the areas, the occupied areas of uh, Ukraine are trying to re-establish the hegemony, the domination of the uh, Russian territories. We are trying fighting against anarchy and uh, capitulation. Talking to myself and feeling old Sometimes I'd like to quit Nothing ever seems to fit Hanging around Nothing to do but frown Rainy days and Mondays always get me down Ah yes, a beautiful voice of Karen Carpenter The Carpenters on this Monday morning Rainy days and Mondays The good news is, out here at least in Huntington At Ohika Castle's golf course The rain has stopped And in fact it is starting to clear And peaks of sunshine coming out so this may end up not being a rainy day but it is a monday and you heard there from vladimir putin after the charge to moscow got turned around on saturday so we start hour number three with one of my favorite guests in the radio business a man i love and i appreciate uh, a real war hero a very decorated vietnam vet who's been on television and i miss in my show for many many years and that's my friend colonel jack jacobs Happy Monday morning, Colonel. How are you? I'm great. Thanks very much for having me on the program, Sid. It's always great to have you. So when I saw this on Saturday, and this is not my level of of expertise, so if I'm wrong, just feel free to kill me. But when I saw this group of mercenaries, and I don't want to make fun of them, but I did call them a ragtag group, heading towards Moscow, I said to my wife, Danielle, I said, are these people nuts? They are literally writing their own suicide ticket. And 30 minutes after I said that, and I'm not you or Jack Keen, we got news they were turning around. There was a deal made, and I got to think the deal was, Jack, Putin said to these uh, these mercenaries, a leader, hey, you keep coming, I'm going to kill you, your wives, your kids. So they turned around. I think it's that easy. What am I missing? Uh, nothing. He may still do that. You know, uh, people who are opposed to Putin have had a startling uh, history of falling out of windows, uh, <laughs> ODing on poison of some kind or another. So uh, I think Prigozhin is not out of the woods yet, especially when you consider the fact that he's holed up in, in Belarus uh, and uh, uh, the, the president of Belarus, another autocrat, is about as close as anybody else is to Putin. So Prigozhin is not out of the woods yet. It remains to be seen what's going to be done with his forces. Don't forget they're not just in Ukraine and in Russia. They're also scattered across a number of enterprises, Russian enterprises, in Africa, too. So uh, 
this thing has a long way to go before it's finally played out. So for folks that aren't following this all that closely, right, this is a group of Russian mercenaries that were fighting for the Russian good. They were fighting in Ukraine. Then all of a sudden they decided one day, hey, we're going after Russia now. So I have two questions for you. Why did they all of a sudden decide to go after their own people, their own government, and not the Ukrainians? And secondly, what made this group think they can travel all those miles with very few men compared to the Russian army and actually win something? Well, this has been going on for uh, brewing for quite some time. The real object of, of Prigozhin's wrath has been the sec- Secretary of Defense, the Minister of Defense, uh, Shoigu, who himself doesn't have very much military. I don't think he's got any military experience to speak of. Who has been in the same job for very nearly 14 years and has demonstrated an enormous amount of technical and tactical and strategic ineptitude. Prigozhin and the Wagner Group were really irritated with the Minister of Defense Shoigu because didn't give him enough ammunition, didn't give him enough uh, tanks and other equipment, uh, and was not supporting him properly. And indeed, recently uh, uh, conducted a strike on Prigozhin's forces, Wagner's forces, by the Russians. He'd had enough and uh, wanted to demonstrate that he'd had enough. A lot of people believe, and I do too, that Prigozhin thought that if he started a march on Moscow and demonstrated that the people along the way were in support of his group, the Wagner group, which they were, you could see it in videos, that there would be defections among the Russian troops and the Russian troops would join him. That turned out not to be the case in the end because of exactly what you said. A sufficient number and type of threats were made to this guy, uh, to Prigozhin by Putin, uh, that uh, he decided that he was going to bail out. But like I said... Well, hold on a second. Yeah. This, is, this is where I need help. This is where I need help. I'm Sid Rosenberg. I, I do my show from Manhattan. I live in, in Rockaway in Queens. I'm from Brooklyn. I have zero war experience. I don't know anything about wars. I have no idea how to even fight a war. How did I know, thousands and thousands of miles away, how did I know that Putin would kill all of these people and they'd have no real chance of being successful? How did I know that and not these mercenaries? Uh, well, when you're at the bottom of the food chain, you don't know anything. Uh, you just follow along. You do what you're told, especially if you're Russian. Uh, you do what you're told. And if you're told to get on the road and move north, you get on the road and move north. One of the reasons that the Russians have been so unsuccessful on the battlefield is because they have absolutely no initiative at the lower levels. They have no non-commissioned officer corps or lower-ranking officer corps worthy of the name. Uh, they just do what they're told. Uh, you wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. American military people never do that. They take the initiative, and they think clearly about what it is they're trying to do before they start doing it. But Russians don't, and that's one of the mm-hmm. reasons why they have not been success- successful. All right. That explains it very, very well. This is decorated Vietnam vet Colonel Jack Jacobs, one of my favorite folks. So, Jack, what does this mean now moving forward? You know, you talked about that these uh, mercenaries not out of the woods yet. Does Putin now have to kill these people, have to, just to show some face? Or does he look weak if he allows them to get away with this kind of mini trip that, of course, died halfway through? Uh, probably the former. I mean, he already looks weak, and he's got to prevent himself from looking even weaker. 
there are two places that uh, uh, vantage points. The first is from uh, from outside. He doesn't care much what people think about him outside, but it is important to him that he completely emasculate uh, Prigozhin and his lieutenants. So something bad is liable, if not likely, to happen to those people. What happens to the Wagner group, on the other hand, is something else. Uh, Russians have been trying to sign these guys up into the Russian army. It's not entirely clear how many will take them up on that. The second way to look at it is from inside the Kremlin. Putin is weak, looks weak, and at some juncture he's liable to wind up uh, being eliminated, being replaced by somebody else. For now, everybody around Putin will support him because they owe their fortunes, and all of them have made an enormous amount of money. They owe their fortunes to Putin. As long as they hold their nerve and stick together, Putin will remain exactly where he is now. He's got to, He's going to run next spring again to, hmm. uh, to be the head of Russia. We'll see how that goes between now and then. Yeah. Unless yeah. somebody pops up from inside the Kremlin to challenge him, Putin will be there for quite some time, Joe. I agree. He's already been there for 24 years. Only and, of course, we know years. this. Yeah. Uh, he has stockpiled more nuclear weaponry than anybody in the world by a distance. And President Trump keeps saying, I know he's wacky, but he keeps saying this will not be World War One and World War Two. This ain't going to be tanks and guns. It's going to be nuclear weapons. And uh, Putin, you know, is being attacked by his own people. He's got the war in Ukraine. He's got all this pressure. Is it completely crazy to think that this guy wakes up one day and just unleashes something? I know that would be suicide on his part, but he may get to the point where he doesn't care. Is that fair to say? Well, there's one thing uh, to, to keep in mind, that there are tactical nuclear weapons and there are strategic nuclear weapons. It's unli- unlikely anybody is going to use strategic nuclear weapons. But he has threatened the use of, strate- of tactical nuclear weapons, small-yield nuclear weapons on the battlefield. Uh, which he has uh, a, a lot of times. He he is not as likely to use them, believe it or not, as some other people who might wind up challenging them. I know it sounds ridiculous, but Putin may be the liberal here. Um, <laughs> there are people inside Russia who have been criticizing Putin for not using all means available, including chemical and tactical we- uh, tactical nuclear weapons, and it's possible that Putin himself might get replaced by somebody who's even farther to the right. That is very difficult to contemplate, but it's it's entirely possible, sir. Well, let's go back to the Russia-Ukraine conflict for a second. The last offensive for the Ukrainians has been brutal. I mean, how do I say this nicely, Jack? They're getting their asses kicked. <laughs> and, uh, and now the hope is, is that maybe this kind of takes the eye off the ball for Putin. He's got to worry about his own people, his own mercenaries, and maybe that goes a long way in helping Ukraine against their battle against Russia. Any credence to that? Well, it might, but keep in mind what uh, what Putin's long-term strategy is. It's not necessarily to win on the battlefield, because he probably can't. What his strategy has developed into is this, outlast the West. Uh, and outlast Ukraine. If he can keep the war going long enough, the perception inside the Kremlin is that the West will finally get tired of supporting Ukraine, and then Ukraine will fall like a house of cards. Time, Putin perceives, is on his side. 
as long as he can stay in power and he can keep the Ukrainians from having some startling battlefield success, uh, then in the end, Putin believes that he can outlast Ukraine and will wind up prevailing. In the end, Kissinger, who said at the beginning of this war that there may be a negotiated settlement at the end, may wind up being actually the case that uh, Ukraine will give up claims to Crimea and some of the Donbass in exchange for Russia leaving. But that's a long way in the future. And the next big thing to happen are two things. I'll be real quick. One is to see whether or not the Ukrainian offensive is actually going to show some battlefield success. And two, what happens when Putin runs for re-election in the spring? Both of those things are really, really important. Two minutes to go. I want to take it home now. I've been critical of Joe Biden. I feel like Zelensky's got a, a blank check, basically. I don't know if he's compromised because of the Burisma dealings. I just don't know. It just seems ridiculous to me that we continue to fund this war. Uh, there's got to be other ways for us to do it. And, and you just talked about it. Sit down with these people and find a way to end it. We don't do that. We're just writing the money, writing the money. Last week, another $6 billion open accounting error. What are your thoughts on all that? Well, $6 billion in the giant scheme of things is not very much. We waste more money than that every minute on stuff we really don't need. I believe it's vitally important that we stand up to Russia, and we do it uh, indirectly like we're doing it now. Uh, our allies feel the same. You've got uh, countries left and right trying to do- join NATO, who otherwise would have been neutral uh, because they're concerned about Russian expansionism, and they ought to be. Uh, I know the, the number, I tell you, a thousand bucks sounds like a lot to me, but when you're talking <laughs> about billions and billions yeah. of dollars, it, it yeah. boggles the mind. But in the giant scheme of things, it's not very much money in exchange okay. for ensuring that we have our own success on the battlefield through the Ukrainians and that our allies feel safe. All we have to do is something we've been doing for a long, long time for things other, less important than this, and that is to just print money. Uh, we've been printing money for a long time, and we're going to keep on doing it. I don't think that the at the moment there's sufficient uh, support inside Congress to uh, to renege on that and bail out. Uh, we'll see what happens sometime from now. But right now, I don't think we're spending we're spending the kind of money that will have a deleterious effect on the American economy any more than we waste money on on things that we really shouldn't be doing. So. All right, so the final uh, 60 seconds here. Donald Trump this weekend at the Faith uh, for Freedom Coalition Conference. He has said this many times before. Now he doubles down, goes even further. He has said, I'll end this war in one day. Now he's saying, I'll end this war before I even get to the Oval Office. Sounds crazy, but the truth is, when he was president, there was no conflict. And trust me when I tell you, Putin wanted to go, but he was scared of Trump. I don't care what anybody says, he was scared of Trump. So when Trump says that, is that a crazy man, or is there some credence to that? Well, coincidence is not causation. Just because there wasn't a war when Trump was president doesn't mean that he had anything to do with there not being a war. The fact of the matter is that we are, as a nation and as an alliance, the NATO alliance, have been standing up to, to Putin, and he doesn't like it very much. Uh, if, we do, if we stop doing that, I think we're going to be in big trouble. I, I don't want to take side, political sides. I forget who it was who said, don't vote. It just encourages them. I'm not like that, of course. But uh, <laughs> but we have, we have to keep a cool mind on the battlefield about things like this. If there are aggressors, you've got to stand up to them. If you don't stand up to them, 
you're going to be unhappy about the results. And so far, though I would do lots more than is being done right now, we're certainly doing a sufficient amount to support Ukraine to keep Putin and his mob away from the Western Hemisphere. All right. That's a, a great conversation wrapping up the weekend and this Russia-Ukraine conflict and the mercenaries. There's nobody better, Jack. There's nobody better than you. So once again, thank you for your courage and your service, and thank you for coming on this morning, pal. I love you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sid. All right, pal. There he is, Vietnam vet, decorated Colonel Jack Jacobs. And there's your lesson, folks, right there. You just got it. You don't got to watch TV the rest of the day. You can go out now and play golf and watch baseball and go to happy hour, do all that stuff, because in the last 15 minutes, you found out everything you need to know about what happened on Saturday and what may happen moving forward. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Guests should start to roll in. We're live at Big Daddy's 6th Annual Golf Classic at the gorgeous Ohika Castle here in Huntington, Long Island. And we'll come back on this Monday morning right after this. What I feel is coming, gone before. No need to talk it out. We know what it's all about. Hanging around. Nothing to do but proud. Rainy days and wonders always get me down. Entertaining and informative. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Hi there. a genius, Peter Gabriel. I know this is for Gabriel, my son. I get it. Big basketball game coming up tomorrow night. Sandbar Gabe's team debut on 129. Coming up tomorrow night at 7. All the interns are out here working hard. Nice job by the WABC staff. They're all pretty good kids. Uh, Carly is here. Joe is here. Michael, Rob, Matt, and Elena. Those are six names and six people. Did I mention everybody? Are your parents listening? You're all going to be big radio stars one day. Oh, it's a good-looking group of kids, by it the way. It is, right? right? Last summer was the same thing. We had a good-looking group of kids. Yeah, you know, we, try, we, we, we try here. Yeah, the FAN and, guys were like, because, you know, sports guys are so geeky. They just mm, look like geeks. But yeah. these kids look like they're ready to go out and rage. Uh, anyway, it is uh, Monday morning, 829. We're coming live from Ohika Castle in Huntington. It's been a great show. Colonel Jack Jacobs was just so terrific. He really was Phones blowing up. Folks really enjoyed that conversation. He taught everybody a thing or two. Curtis Sleva, always great. He was here this morning. And the same with Rich Lowry. Before we get to some of these live guests, we'll be playing golf this afternoon in Huntington, waiting on Big Daddy to start walking these people in. We'll do our Gnome Nuggets segment, always entertaining, smart. Here he is, Mr. News himself. Noam Layton. Good morning, Noam. Good morning. The pressure's on with an introduction like that. Yes. So this voice you probably recognize. Tell me if you've heard this voice before. The next, northbound, number one, to Van Cortlandt Park, 242nd Street. We'll be arriving in two minutes. Right. You've heard that voice before as you're making your way onto the subway every morning. 
obviously. Yeah, well, that is actually the one train, because as far as I know, only the one wow, makes the last stop on Van nice. Cortland. Thank you very much. Because nice. I take the one, the two, or the three. So I do know the voice, and I do, I do know the uh, destination. Not far from uh, Bernard. Bernard, he's spent a lot of time That's there, my right. great partner. Yeah. So that voice belongs to Bernie Wagenblas, who you might recognize that name, a longtime traffic reporter. You recognize no. the name? Oh, all right. No, well, absolutely not. Okay. I recognize the name Bernie. I just said Bernie, but that's Bernie McGurk, of no, course, okay. not Bernie Wagenblas. Well, he's been a long-time <laughs> traffic reporter. That. Yes, people know him, but okay. No, but, no, but not, no one knows that. Well, should I just Nobody. stop the story right now? Only radio geeks like Bernie Wasselberger? Wagenblast. Oh, okay. Well, keep going. I want to hear the rest of this. Now I'm intrigued. So, Bernie decides that he wants to become a woman. But he has this great, fantastic voice that he's made a lot of money off of on, you know, on the subways. He's the voice if you go to Newark Airport and you take that little, uh, you know, monorail to the train stations. But uh, he's gone through with it. Now Bernie is a female. Five months ago today, I (laughs) transitioned to living my life full time as a woman. When I was four years old, I remember wishing that I was a girl. And so Bernie followed through with that wish and um, had wanted to do this his whole life. And now he's gone through with it. And there you hear so practicing so, so his he, is female voice. Is he burned a debt now? Is he burned a debt? He, he's burned a debt so he can keep his name because Bernie works either way, male, female, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. He says uh, 2017 was the turning point for him because he was watching Jimmy Kimmel. And Jimmy Kimmel did this segment about this app that you could put your picture in and then see what you look like as a female. So he had all these NFL players do it and then see what they look like as a female. So he downloaded the app and did the same thing. All of the people I shared this with, none of them had any inkling that this was something that I had been living with all of my life. There was not an hour of my waking life, probably from when I was a little kid to when I socially transitioned, that I didn't think about this, at least in passing. Every hour, it was constantly there. So now he is what they called socially transitioned, which means the equipment down below is still the same, but socially right. she's a woman. So and he still has a penis, but he acts as if he's a woman. So some poor bastard in a bar on a Saturday night is going to pick her up and go down there and go, oh, my God, what's that? Well, maybe. Either that or, like, when you go on that first date, the first thing you got to say is, hey, by the way, uh, five months ago I was living my life as a man, but now I'm living it as a woman, which has got to be a little bizarre. (laughs) Uh, Not today's world. I got to tell you, man, it's it's really gone completely insane. I know we use these numbers that only 3% of our population is homosexual, less than 1% is transgender. And maybe it's because we're in New York City. You're not going to go to La Crosse, Wisconsin, or Clarksville, Tennessee, see any of this. Trust me, you're not going to see any of it. But it just seems like here, it is, it's overtaken society. It's, it's insane, no? Maybe, I don't know. I think we're just hearing more stories about it. I think that probably a little bit more people are coming out because they feel like they can. But in Bernie's case, he went from being a straight man to being a lesbian. Why well, a straight man? How do you know he was a straight man? Well, because did he, have a wife? Did he, he have did. Kids? Yes, wife and yeah. kids. And okay. the wife All didn't right. want to hang around. You might imagine why. And <laughs> yeah. so now he's been or she's been practicing her voice as a woman, but also still trying to make money with that male voice, which is pretty great for the subway and the monorail at Newark Airport. The next stop is Terminal B. Airline serving Terminal B are... I take pride in what I've accomplished with that 
guy voice that I'm not going to deny that. I still use that voice um, for professional purposes. So there you go. You know, I have to tell you, she... He, uh, oh God help me here. It's a she now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's she now. It, it gets away with it. I mean, he's he, like a man and then like a woman. And for what it's worth, uh, Bernie has he has found a way to uh, sound like both. So congratulations to him. Is I anybody guess. happy with who they are? I am. I'm <laughs> very, I know exactly I, 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 I what I like. I, I know what I want. I'm it's not all get, good. I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it. I don't it. get it either. I'm not I don't get it either. It. Yeah. I said that to my wife yesterday. I said these kids today, you know, because. You know, I see Louie, we live uh, right by the ferry like you do, and I see this vermin on the weekends, this filthy vermin that travel to our neighborhood from New York City, and I can't wait for them to go home on Sunday nights, and they're lined up on 108th Street, and every one of them's a freak. Every oh, one of them, I'm sorry. God. Different yeah. color, hair, rings, earrings, I mean, everything. Like, what happened? Just, just go to the gym, get a nice tan, wear a nice pair of pants, and call it a day. What the hell's <laughs> going on? What am I missing? Don't tell me that I'm out of it. I don't get it. If that's the case, I'm glad I don't get it. I'm going to remain this stupid the rest of my life. <laughs> okay. You know? Because I Look don't know. like, okay. Yeah. No, uh, man, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. All right, well, thank you, Noam. That was a very, very interesting and very informative report. As always, great job. Thank you. Talk Radio 77. WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning, live from Mohica Castle in Huntington, Long Island. 77 WABC. You know, it's funny. We've already played two promos on the show today, one from Bo Snurdly and the other from Rita Cosby, and they're both talking about, oh, we're holding out hope, and the fairy tale is these people survive, and here I was last week just destroying the whole story, calling these people outside the 19-year-old kid irresponsible, and no one deserves to die. Don't get me wrong. That is a tragic part of the story, but these people were idiots. They heeded none of the uh, warnings, and they never should have done it. So I actually feel a little better finding out just now from Doug Kisler and Stephanie that of all the stories we've ever done, ever, at WABC, that sub-story last week received the lowest amount of emails and, uh, I guess, just genuine interest. Because I really believe that most people feel like me. Now, no one's dumb enough to say it except for me because I feel like uh, Gotti. I've got my Teflon Don. But they, they, they believe what I believe. Like, why are these idiots down there in the first place? Like I said uh, to Lewis hours ago, there was a one tragic story in our neighborhood, right by the Walgreens in uh, Rockaway Beach. Some beautiful 19-year-old girl is sitting there by the bus stop, and some kid is driving his car 80 miles per hour, loses control, plows through the bus stop, hits the girl, and she dies on the spot. Everybody in my neighborhood knows this girl. In fact, her aunt works at the real estate shop right there on 129th Street. Everybody loves her. She's beautiful. That's a tragedy. She's sitting at a bus stop, 19 years old, not a bunch of wannabe Jacques Cousteau's who take a submarine to the bottom of the ocean. That was idiocy at best. So um, thank you for giving me that information, Doug, because a lot of people on Twitter are very upset with me. Oh, Sid is, he doesn't care. He's, he's got no feelings. I mean, please, no one cries on, on radio as much as I do. I'm like the John Boehner of radio. I cry over everything, but there are stories, I believe, that are tragic and some that just didn't have to happen. And that was... Uh, that was the case last week. 
Once again, uh, thanks to Colonel Jacobs. We're here at the golf tournament, though, waiting for Big Daddy to usher in some of these big NFL guests about to tee off in about four hours. And so far, no guests and uh, no breakfast. And now I'm hearing static for the first time today, Dan Herschel. Otherwise, been a perfect broadcast, but I'm getting some static now. I'm not sure why the weather is pretty good out here. We've had good weather. We've had rain. Now we have good weather again. I don't think there's any issue out there in Radio Land. If there is, feel free to call us, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Big week this week, folks. July 4th coming up, and a lot of us, including me, finally have some time off next week. I know for this show, we're going to work through Friday this week and then be up until next Wednesday. So we're going to take off uh, Monday and Tuesday. Lou, you're taking off too, right? That is affirmative, yes. Okay, good. What about Justin? I believe so, too. Yes. I don't like when you guys work if I'm not there. Now, look, if John Katsimatidis is filling in and he needs to help, then certainly um, help him out. That's one thing. But uh, for the most part, if I'm not there, I'd rather the whole cast not be there. And you guys certainly deserve vacation, too. You work very, very hard every day. You know, Justin's there at the crack of dawn, like 2.30 in the morning. Lou, you're there all day doing a great job. So... Ideally, we should vacation together like most radio shows do. You want to come to Nantucket so, with um, me or no? No, I'm not going to Nantucket. No. Oh, okay. No, no. Just, going well, to Nantucket you, with you sounds worse than golf. Well, you said, believe it or not, you said we should vacation all together. I was just. Uh, no, no, I mean, we should take time off. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you it, know, got Pete it. Morgan actually asked me this weekend if you were in Nantucket. I go, hey, how does he know you go to Nantucket? Me and Peter Berkley. Pete, how would I know that? Mm-hmm. You go to Nantucket every year? I usually go with my family every year, yes. But uh, this weekend, my buddy has a house uh, there in uh, Sconset, so we're go- I'm going for uh, July 4th weekend. You're like, you know, you're so annoying witch, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, witch white mm-hmm, person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, yeah. seriously, you yeah. live in, uh, what's that town where Bill and Hillary Clinton live? Chappaqua. You live in Chappaqua, you vacation mm-hmm. in Nantucket. Yeah. You are exactly what's wrong with this country today. I'm like a... You don't care about black people. Yeah. You don't care about oppression. Uh-huh. You just don't care. And I know your parents walk the dog, and the dog duties on the street, and they never pick it up. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. I'm like a, pom- I know. I'm like a pompous bum, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. It's like the best of both Chappaqua worlds. Chappaqua yeah. and Nantucket. Even I just didn't do that. Okay. My God. <laughs> How and much he, money do you people have? And he was happy like, about the pride thing yesterday, yeah, too, by the way. Yeah, I was static. I, I, I was thrilled. See, now, on the contrary, if I ask Lou, who's embedded in that apartment in Queens for about 30 years, where he's going for July 4th, the answer is going to be nowhere. I guarantee you. Lou, where are you going? I'm going upstate. <laughs> well, he goes to these horrible, like, yeah. Guyam, like, Catonia, like, these horrible... Guyisha towns in upstate New York where you'll never find a Jew anywhere near there. Is that fair to I'm, say? I'm getting as far away from the A train as I possibly can. <laughs> I, I can tell you that. Now, is this MJ's aunt again or MJ's cousin? Well, there's family up there, and then I have a couple of friends up there. And West- no, you it's don't. nice. No, yes. you don't. Well, what, no, am you I, don't. what am I doing then? You're following your fiance because you're whipped. Wherever she wants you to go, you go. You're like the Russian army. I don't. You don't have any friends in upstate New York. I... How do you have friends in upstate New York? I've known you for 30 years. What friends? What, Kevin Mooney? <laughs> I have other friends besides who you know, by the way. No, you so, don't. Yes. Not even one. Okay. No. Right. No, well, this is all lies. Okay. I, had I mean, a you life. guys never tell the truth. I, I know I had a life before you as much as you don't want to admit it. No, I no, did. 
I've known you for 30 years almost. It's, 30. Well, it's almost that much. but 25 it, to be Some days, exactly. sometimes it feels like it, but it's not. It's not that long. <laughs> yeah. But well, yes. what are you guys going to do? More importantly, I'll start with you, Justin. Mm. It's a very patriotic holiday. You're great Americans. July mm -hmm. 4th, what are you doing to celebrate that day of independence? I'm going to wear, uh, I'm gonna wear um, American flag-themed sunglasses and get drunk on the beach. Uh, works Sounds good. What about you, Louis? Yeah. I'm sure. I'll go down to the boardwalk, have some hot dogs, and uh, go to Rippers and do something on the 4th of July and uh, salute uh, the fireworks. There you go. How about now, that? have you been to the beach, Lou, our beach, so far this summer? I've been down there, yes, a few times. You've seen how high the sand is yes. and all the... Yeah, what they're doing. It's weird, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, they're they're working on several sections of the beach down there, so it, it's going to look nice, I guess. I don't I don't know, but I don't know what they're doing. I don't know either. It just it looks weird to me. I was there yesterday for a couple of hours, and the sand is piled, like, really, really high. And there's all kinds of machinery, and I have no idea what they're doing either. But they said what you said. It's going to look really, really nice, whatever that means. Again, so, away, from, away from the A-train. That's what I say. Right. Yeah. Well, you really hate that A-train. You've taken that A-train, yes? I, I, I've taken it. Curtis is talking about the routes back and forth, and he's totally correct about it. I've been on that thing at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning when it's desolate, above ground, near the last stop of uh, Mott, and going, gone into the city on it, and it's horrific. It can be wow. horrific. Plus, it's desolate, too. At that hour, so it's it, it, it's a bad line, that's for certain. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a, a short break. I see uh, Big Dad Rich Salgado in here. Hopefully, we'll start bringing out some golfers. This show's over in 75 minutes, so we're nearly three hours in here at the uh, Ohika Castle in Huntington, so we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back live from Ohika Castle here today to witness Big Daddy's sixth annual golf classic at this gorgeous castle where no king or queen ever lived in Huntington, Long Island. More of me right after this. started acting not that long ago. In fact, again, my TV show Gravesend is set to debut season two on Amazon Prime on Friday night. I got a pretty nice role and work with guys like Andrew Dice Clay, Chaz Palminteri, Vinnie Pastore, Fran Drescher, Gina Gershon, to name a few. And then I uh, actually shot a major motion picture in Los Angeles last year called The Gemini Lounge, 
about a real bar in Brooklyn, a mobbed-up bar in Brooklyn in the 70s. They've since renamed that Inside Man. That hits theaters all over the world August 11th with guys like Danny A., mm -hmm. Robert Davi, Lucy Hale, Emil, uh, uh, what's his name? It's the kid. Uh, he was in uh, Once Upon a Time in America. Hirsch. Emil Hirsch, thank you. So I just started, but you, Kevin Rahm, yes, sir. you're like a real actor, Desperate <laughs> Housewives, you know, judging Amy. You're a real actor, so it's good to see you this morning. It's good to see you guys. Good to be out here. Nice to have you. So um, you've been acting for how long now, Kev? Uh, I quit college in 96, but my mom probably would have said I, I was acting from birth. <laughs> yeah. Where'd you go to college if you something. quit? Uh, I went to Brigham Young University in Utah. Oh, that's for boring. Like it's all years. Mormons. It was, it was, it was very slow-paced. And where'd you grow up? Uh, Shreveport, Louisiana is where I grew wow. up. Wow. So you went from Louisiana with those degenerate Bayou people <laughs> yes, to a Mormon yes, college? Yes, yes. And you surprised yes. you quit? Yeah, I, I'm surprised I made it four years. <laughs> Just so when barely. did you start acting? What year was that? Uh, I started in high school for fun. Didn't take it seriously, though. Um, I went to a school where we had big brothers, a senior big brother as a freshman that kind of showed you the ropes, and mine told me my freshman year, like third week of school, he goes, you're going to do a play. And I went, no, I'm not. He goes, no, you are. You're going to do the play because yeah. uh, I have to get people to do the play because I'm a senior. And so I did, and I never looked. I mean, I never looked back. Wow! Didn't take it seriously in high school. College. Yeah, I did it in high school for fun. We won awards and went, you know, toured regionally in East Texas. It reminds me, uh, my wife went to Morrow High School in Brooklyn, New York, and they do something at the end of the year called Sing, which is a play like yeah. you're talking yeah. about. And uh, they picked two people, a man and a woman, to chair Sing. Uh -huh. My wife Danielle was the woman. The man who co-chaired Sing with her was a guy named Darren Aronofsky. Oh, yeah. Not you may bad. have heard of him. He, 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 he did, he did a couple okay. of Academy Awards. <laughs> he did okay. He's doing all right. It was the same thing. I was like, well, maybe I'll try this. Next thing you know, he's, he's out there for Academy Awards. But uh, Mad Men 2 is part of your resume. Yep. How cool yep. was that? That was the best. There's, there, was nothing, there was nothing like that. Nothing like that, right? No, How long of a run was that for you? Uh, the show went, it's, they, they spent 10 years shooting. It was nine seasons or eight, and they called it eight and a half. And um, I was on there for the last five. Wow. That was a pretty nice run. Yeah, it was a good run. And Desperate Housewives with uh, Eva Longoria, right? Not the Desperate Housewives of New not Jersey. The real, the, not the real, the real Desperate Housewives. Housewives. Right. This is right. the OG. The OG Housewives. <laughs> you know, you know, people probably confuse it, too. That must annoy every you, right? Every time. Yeah. Every time. I'm like, no, that's not. I'm not I'm not in Atlanta, either. Or, <laughs> or, or, uh, or <laughs> Dallas. Or Miami. LA, that, all or, over the place. So, yeah, you had Eva Longoria. And I think mm. you even had Terry Hatcher, Susan Lucci, all my children, right? No, no, she might have come in as a guest, but she was not. She was not time. a regular. No, no. So who were the, the regulars again? Oh, you're going to put me on the spot. Eva Longoria, uh, Terry Hatcher. Terry Hatcher was married to Howie Long of the Oakland Raiders for a while, I believe. I think you I don't even know that, do you? I know. I did not know that. Yeah, you I know anything about know sports? That. Of course, I do. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm from Louisiana. I'm there to play golf. Hey, you'd be surprised how many these cops <laughs> no, they know fair, nothing about. That, that is a fair question. That is a fair question. I mean, did you know when you went to Brigham Young that, like, Jim McMahon and Steve Young and Ty Detmer and all these folks went to that school? I was there with Ty Detmer. Oh, you were? Yeah, I was there when he won the Heisman. That was the last year That's they were That's pretty good. cool. Yeah, they haven't been good. He was never a big-time quarterback in the NFL. No, I don't right? know. It was weird. He's one of those guys that did so well in college and just didn't translate. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, some of those guys... Uh, BYU did the same. Mark Wilson mm -hmm. was a guy. Mm -hmm. But guys like Jim McMahon certainly oh, yeah. made it. Yeah. Steve Young. Young. Um, he was the so, yeah, the Desperate Housewives, Mad Men. And uh, Judging Amy, that was a big yeah, time that was show. A, that was a good one. Yeah, Barbara Hall created that one. And Joan of, Ar and, uh, Joan of Arcadia and uh, Madam Secretary. She created all three of those. Right, shows. that's big. So right now, uh, there's this big writer strike going on. Yes, oh. that's why I'm, I'd be funnier right now. But I have no, <laughs> no friends to punch up my material. No, but on a serious note, I talk to some actors uh, occasionally. Yeah. And uh, they're not working because... <laughs> Nothing. I, in fact, Hashim was in here on Friday. Yeah, he was yeah, in yeah. with James Spader in um, uh, Blacklist. Blacklist. Yeah, and great. these guys aren't getting work because the writers aren't working. There's no work. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's there's a couple of movies out there right now that are shooting or 
a couple of shows that had you know scripts quote unquote already written. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's becoming there's uh, there's nothing as far as I'm aware of. So what do you do? Like you like deal drugs or something? What do you do to? Um, <laughs> well, not not officially. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, you, come I'm, on, man. I'm sure you made. <laughs> Trying to take away my side hustle, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what do you do for a living? If, uh, well, I was work? I was smart enough and lucky enough to marry a woman with a real job. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So my wife's a, a doctor. So see, I married a lawyer. Same thing. Smart. Yeah, smart so man. we're, yeah, we're in agreement. If it goes bad for us, we got somebody got to the line. So I'm just working on my handicap right now. <laughs> <laughs> is that your golf handicap or what I'm looking at right now? That's <laughs> both. Yeah, both. both. What, what is your golf handicap? Uh, last time I checked, I'm a ten something index. It's not bad. Not bad. It's not I was, bad. I was low, I made my low was a nine, eight or nine, eight something index. My right now I'm like a ten or eleven index. Then how many of these events do you play during the summer? Uh, I tr- uh, this is my third or fourth clearly event work. this summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right. Job. It's amazing. <laughs> so I so I do my own tournament in at TPC Sawgrass every year. Oh wow! So really? We do two days of golf, three nights of music. Um, same wow. same kind of event as Patrick Warburton has one in Palm Springs. Sure. For all all three of ours are for St. Jude. That's awesome. That's so, uh, Tiger's yeah. favorite course, by the way. Oh, it's a, it's he a does very well there. It's a great track. Yeah. I get to stand there because so, you know I, you know the host, so I'm taking pictures with every group as they come through 17. So I stand on 17, and I get to hit into 17 nice. every day. What do you think it's about awesome. this uh, uh, castle and course compared I to I can't wait to see it. I literally, I got in at midnight. I landed. I showed up here at 2.30, so I saw it when it was all right, dark. Right, right. And I went to my room, and I, and I walked downstairs, and Big Daddy brought me in here. Oh, so, so like, you, I, you I, I haven't seen anything yet. It yeah, looks, no, it looks really green outside, though. So. Yeah, it is good. <laughs> now, what time do you tee off today? I have no idea. All right, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming 12 or 1. Okay. Well, it's great yeah. to meet you. Hey, my pleasure, man. Thanks and for congratulations. having me. Congratulations. Yeah. You, you, you live in Sacramento? You, live you live in Sacramento, yeah. That's, uh, is that still a rough hood or get nicer there? Uh, I, I don't know that it was ever a rough hood. Oh, very hood. rough. Yeah. Was it rough? Like, it's like, not exactly like, 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 the, like the Bronx rough? Like, uh, <laughs> much better. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, no, it's great. It's a great, it's a yeah. great, it's a great little town. Um, and we had a fun run with the, the Kings this year. You did. Uh, the whole town was really yeah. rooting for him, and yeah. It's been a while since like the Chris Weber Vladi Divac days. There, so. Yeah, been, there you go. Good to see hey, you, pleasure. Kevin. Thank you, guys. There he is, actor Kevin Rahm, as we wrap up hour number three on the Sid Rosenberg and Friends show. We'll come back with the fourth and final hour live from Ohiko Castle at the sixth annual Big Daddy's Golf Classic with me, Sid Rosenberg, right after these words. Seventy-seven WABC. This is Sidden Friends in the Morning, live from Okeka Castle in Huntington, Long Island. Seventy-seven WABC. Listeners, listen up. 
77 WABC and the Staten Island Ferry Hawks giving you a chance to win a pair of tickets to a Ferry Hawks game. My guy Homer Bush actually wished me a happy anniversary yesterday, the manager of that club. That's right. Get ready to enjoy an unforgettable day at the ballpark. I've got a pair of tickets to give away for the July 4th Staten Island Ferry Hawks game when they take on the Lexington Counterclocks. Be the seventh caller right now, 800-848-9222, and a pair of tickets are yours. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Be caller number seven right now. pair of tickets to see the Ferry Hawks take on the Lexington Counterclocks. They're yours coming up July 4th, and good luck. Ferry Hawks baseball. Yeah. I was out there uh, last Saturday, nothing to do with the Ferry Hawks, a the Craig Carton Celebrity Softball Game, that was a blast. stadium was pretty full, about 1,500 folks, and had a great time. In fact, this Friday does mark the last time, maybe ever, maybe for a long time, you'll ever hear Craig Carton on New York Radio because he is set to leave WFAN this Friday and take on a job full-time Fox 1 television, the Craig Carton TV show, every morning. So uh, a week from today, you'll get Evan and Tiki. At, uh, at 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, Craig Carton's last day coming up on Friday. And I'll be there on WFAN to help celebrate Craig's last day sometime in the afternoon. Not sure yet. Maybe 3 o'clock, maybe 4 o'clock on the fan coming up on Friday. But we're here, this show, 77 WABC and sitting friends in the morning from Ohika Castle, Huntington, Long Island, the Big Daddy 6th Annual Golf Classic. And, look, these guys don't tee off until 1 o'clock. A lot of these guys came in late last night. The last guy stopped by, actor Kevin Rahm, didn't get to this hotel till 3 o'clock in the morning. So it's not like there's a ton of guys that are getting ready to tee off 8 a.m. downstairs right now. It's very, very few people. In fact, one or two people will come in. They they nod their head as if they know me. They're sipping their coffee. (laughs) And they walk out. And they go, what the hell is going on in there? But... So we're still waiting for Salgado to bring out some more guests this hour. Don't forget, tomorrow is a monster Sid Rosenberg show. Bo Deedle, always great on a Tuesday. Also tomorrow, a new dear friend of this show, the congresswoman out of South Carolina, Nancy Mace, and two in-studio guests back at ABC tomorrow, 8.05 out of California. He is running on the Republican side for President Larry Elder, and then a full hour tomorrow, the 9 o'clock hour but the lady who most recently lost a gubernatorial race in the great state of Arizona, although she says she got job like Donald Trump, Carrie Lake, full hour coming up tomorrow between 9 and 10. And she did say she got job like Donald Trump, and Trump was out there speaking again this weekend. You know it, folks. Every year they call it the Faith and Freedom Coalition Conference. And we grabbed a whole bunch of cuts from former President Donald Trump, including this one. Talking about Russia and Ukraine, again, we know the story. The Russian mercenaries had a great conversation. You should go back and listen. WABCRadio.com, me and Jack Jacobs, the decorated Vietnam vet colonel, uh, took off at uh, 8.05 this morning, and he really broke it down well for you. Why the mercenaries turned around, he agreed with me. I mean, basically, Putin was going to kill all of them and still may kill all of them. That's the bottom line. But Russia, Ukraine, if Trump wins and he takes over, that becomes a memory very quickly, according to President Trump. Lou Rapino, this is Donald Trump, cut number one. This whole world is on fire. This world is on fire. Before I even arrive at the Oval Office, I will have the horrible war between Russia and Ukraine totally settled. I'll have it done in 24 hours. 
I say that, and I would do that. That's easy compared to some of the things that I'd get that done in 24 hours. I know them both. I know them both. As the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. See that? I will be your, and I will be your peacemaker. I was your peacemaker. God, I love him. And cut number two, Trump talks about flushing out the communists and the Marxists. Time to liberate America. President Trump Lewis, cut number two. Today, I'm announcing a new plan to protect the integrity of our immigration system. Federal law prohibits the entry of communists and totalitarians into the United States. But my question is, what do we do with the ones that are already here that grew up in it? I think we have to pass a new law for them. Using federal law in Section 212F of the Immigration and Nationality Act, I will order my government to deny entry to all communists and all Marxists. Cut number three, he continues to talk about the same topic. It's time to liberate America. President Trump, Lewis, cut number three. This is the final battle. With you at my side, we will demolish the deep state. We will expel the warmongers from our government. We will drive out the globalists. We will cast out the communists, Marxists, and fascists. And we will throw off the sick political class that hates our country. We will rout the fake news media, and we will defeat crooked Joe Biden. We will liberate America from these villains once and for all. See, the thing about Trump is he works very, very quickly, okay? How did I work quickly? This guy's going to end Russia, Ukraine in one day, and if you're worried about any conflict between China and Cuba, (laughs) don't you worry. He'll have that stuff out in 48 hours. You don't believe me? Donald Trump, Lewis, cut number five. Every time the radical left Democrats, Marxists, communists, and fascists... No, I'm sorry. It's actually Donald Trump cut... I'm sorry, Donald Trump cut number four. There's my Bernard moment of the morning. Cut number four. It's incredible that this can be allowed to happen. So unless I get back in, in which case I will inform China that they have 48 hours to get any military and spy equipment out of Cuba... Or I will drop the hammer, and there will be tariffs unlike anything that China's ever seen before. And you know, I took in hundreds of billions of dollars of taxes and tariffs from China. No other president has taken in 10 cents, not 10 cents. See, Biden doesn't do stuff like that. I will drop the hammer. I'm going to make, I'm going to make him miserable, like he did with the leader of the Taliban, when he pointed out on a map exactly where his family lived and said, I won't hesitate a second to kill all of them, your wife, your kids, everybody. They didn't harm a hair on an American soldier. And in 15 minutes when Biden won, 13 brave Americans were dead in Afghanistan. So President Trump put it best right here, folks. Impeachments, now these indictments. He's doing that for you. That's right. That's for you. President Trump, cut number five. Every time the radical left Democrats, Marxists, communists, and fascists indict me, I consider it a great badge of courage. (laughs) 
I'm being indicted for you, and I believe the you is more than 200 million people that love our country. They're out there, and they love our country. Now listen to that for a second, and then juxtapose that with our Secretary of State, this pussy, Anthony Blinken, Anthony Blinken, who was actually on Face the Nation yesterday and talked about, oh, this Russia-Ukraine thing, we're watching it, kind of brings question as to why it happened in the first place. You're just thinking that, Anthony? Will he just hit you yesterday? This is Blinken, cut number six, and juxtapose that against Donald Trump. Uh, Margaret, this is an unfolding story, and I think uh, we're in the midst of a moving picture. We haven't seen we haven't seen the last act. We're watching it very closely and carefully. But just step back for a second and put this in in context. Sixteen months ago, Russian forces were on uh, the doorstep of Kiev in Ukraine, thinking they'd take the city in a matter of days, thinking they would erase Ukraine from the map as an independent country. Now, over this weekend, uh, they've had to defend Moscow, Russia's mm-hmm. capital, against mercenaries of Putin's own making. Uh, Prigozhin himself uh, in this entire incident has raised profound questions about the very premises for Russia's aggression against Ukraine in the first place, saying that Ukraine or NATO did not pose a threat to Russia, which is part of Putin's narrative. And it was a direct challenge to Putin's authority. So this raises profound questions. It it shows real cracks. We can't speculate or know exactly where that's going to go. We do know that Putin has a lot more to answer for in in the weeks and months ahead. All right, there you have it. Big difference between the current Secretary of State and the former president, how they talk, how they deal with these foreign enemies. Okay, we wrap up the 9 o'clock hour on Mondays with a little sports wrap for the week that was, or the weekend that was, with my friend Dr. T, Arthur Turovitz. NJ Diet, folks, you will lose 20 to 40 pounds, contractually guaranteed in 40 days or less, 855-5NJ-DIET, or, of course, NJDiet.com. Big week last week in the Rosenberg household. My son Gabriel is a huge NBA fan, not just Knicks, follows the Nets. Huge NBA fan. He taught me all about this kid, Victor Wabanyama, well before he got drafted by San Antonio throughout the first pitch at the Yankee game last week. And he did, in fact, go number one at the Barclays Center last week. Talk more about it. Here is Dr. T. So Big Vic goes number one, but there was a little... Surprised at number two, most people thought Scoot Henderson was going to go to Charlotte Hornets, which Michael Jordan used to own. He sold that team a couple of weeks ago, at least his rights to that team. But uh, they threw us a curveball at the draft, Arthur, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, the draft was uh, interesting. Victor is, uh, is amazing. I mean, the guy is uh, a seven-foot-five version of Kevin Durant, it looks like. And, you know, it's interesting because, uh, it could be history, lightning striking twice, essentially, in, in San Antonio. Uh, when they drafted uh, David Robinson in 87, he had to wait, of course, two years to play in 89. But So before the 89 season, their record was 21 and, and 61. And then uh, Robinson comes in. And last year, interestingly, the Spurs record was 22 and 60. So Robinson comes in, 89 season. They go to 56-26, make the playoffs. And then the rest is history, as we know. And uh, possibly the same type of thing could be happening in, in, in San Antonio again. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. The, uh, the, the pick, more bizarre than even uh, the 13th pick, uh, Grady Dick's outfit, uh, who looked like the wizard, a guy from the Wizard of Oz over there. More bizarre than that was uh, what you mentioned was Scoot uh, Henderson being, uh, going third and Jordan uh, taking Brandon Miller. Uh, over Scoot Henderson, who looks like he's ready to play in the NBA. 
Uh, as great as Jordan was, the greatest of all time, the GOAT, as they say, uh, as a player, uh, as an executive, he's uh, paralleled only by, I think, Isaiah Thomas at this point. Jordan's, <laughs> yeah. Jor- Jordan's famous other picks were – actually, I have to look this up. Jordan's other famous picks was Kwame Brown, Frank Kaminsky, yep. and Cody Zeller. And yeah, uh, no, not Jordan uh, – not great. And, and, and Jordan, yeah, walks away and, and essentially – gets a $2 billion profit and possibly tanks the Charlotte Hornets franchise by taking an absolutely uh, a bizarre pick, to say the least. And by the way, to uh, author's point, the reason why David Robinson had to wait two years to play was he went to the Naval Academy like Roger Staubach, finished up his service, and then went to the NBA. 30 seconds to go. The Mets collapsed. They had a chance to w- take that season's uh, weekend series, I should say, against your Philadelphia Phillies and came up short, Dr. T. Philly's playing better baseball, same old for the Mets. How about this NL East? Yeah, well, the Braves, the Braves, look, fan, the Braves look, fan, look fantastic. Their pitching just looks uh, unhittable. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, yesterday was just very strange in the, uh, in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, uh, a terrible uh, throw by uh, Brett Beatty uh, on, a, on a basically tailor-made double play. And then uh, Jeff Brigham proceeds to hit uh, Kyle Schwarber and uh, Trey Turner, walks in and uh, allows two runs to score, and uh, the Phillies are able to close it out. Uh, and, uh, yeah, unfortunately, they, uh, the Mets uh, lost that series. They could have won that series 2-1. to one. Instead, they, they lose it to, as you said, my Phillies. <laughs> Your Phillies. Well, listen, Dr. T, uh, as always, uh, thank you so much. Great job. Uh, great job there with the NBA and Major League Baseball. Don't forget, tune in to the end of the 9 a.m. segment every Monday for the Sports Wrap with Arthur Turovitz, Dr. T, and NJ Diet, folks. You will lose 20 to 40-plus pounds in 40 days or less. That is contractually guaranteed. Find them today at 855-5NJ-DIET or online at njdiet.com. We'll take a short break, about 40 more minutes to go, live at Ohika Castle. We do have some guests stopping by. What do you have for me, uh, Meanie? Uh, we have one Doug Marone. Coming up, Doug next. Marone, NFL coach. All right, we'll do that right here on Sitting Friends in the Morning, live from Ohika Castle, right after this. Well, he went down to dinner in his Sunday best. Excitable boy, they all said. And he put the pot roast all over his chest. Excitable boy, they all said. Well, he's just an excitable boy. In the 4 a.m. show at the Clark Excitable boy, they all said And he bit the asterisk Leg in the dark Excitable boy, they all said Well, he's just an excitable boy WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. We spotted the ocean. The head of the trail. Where are we going? So far away. Somebody told me. This is the place. Everything's better 
back here at Ohika Castle and have my second live guest of the day. He doesn't know this, but I'm a big fan of this guy. His name is Doug Marone. He used to coach the Bills and the Jaguars and Syracuse and up in Cortland. Now he's with the New Orleans Saints. And you may not know this, Doug, but I started my radio career in New York on WFAN, a big sports guy. I was on the show in between Imus and Mike and the Mad Dog. Yeah, remember it. And I went from talking about Drew Brees. Now I talk to guys like Steve Scalise <laughs> and Kennedy, all your politicians yeah. in Louisiana. Yeah. But I can still talk a little football, trust me. And I do that quite a bit on this show, even though we're, for the most awesome. part, politics and news. So it's great to see you. How are you? I'm doing great. I yeah. really am. I'm, I'm excited. You know, this is a – you don't have – you know, you have this window where you have a, a break, you know, for the NFL, and you have a couple of weeks. And, you know, my kids were, were small at the time, so I spent a lot of time with them. But, you know, now that they're all on their way to college, you know, my wife and I were able to get out here. We went to see some friends out in Sag Harbor, the other, you know, the other nice. day. And then, you know, working away, and it's, you know, it's kind of like coming back home for me. Well, it is. Uh, you know, for some reason, I know you coached at Syracuse. Yeah. You played there, too, but I thought you lived – in upstate New York, but you're telling me you're a Bronx guy, huh? Yeah, I'm as far east in the Bronx as you can get. I mean, the next stop, you're you're in the Long Island Sound. Wow. So, you know, so I always had a great view of uh, the North Shore. We were kids. We used to take the boats out there and just look at all those people and say, oh, you know, maybe one day. So what, <laughs> I don't get it. So you did the Jaguars, the Bills. You were in New yeah. Orleans mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Bronx guy. You love Long Island. You're golfing in Huntington today. When is Doug Marone going to work for the Jets or the Giants? I, well, I actually started um, – the first time in the NFL, in the NFL, my first job was with the Jets. Jets, yeah, and it was it was it was great. I mean, it was with Herm Edwards. Um, we had a really good team. I mean, we had a lot of veteran guys. Uh, you know, I love the guys I played with. We were all we all got together. With, last time I saw everybody was when um, Kevin Mawai was inducted oh, yeah. to the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, yeah. So I had the you know you know like I say I didn't. I had the ability to work with Kevin. You know That's pretty cool. Yeah. He so was, was a nice, was, nice player. Good guy. We yeah. had some really good players, really good teams. And, you know, till this day, I, I tell people, people like Curtis Martin. And, oh. I mean, you just can't get, you know, you, you look at football players today and you try to explain to some players, hey, listen, this is what, you know, a pro really yeah. looks like and does. He's a Not great example of that. Curtis Martin, and he grew up in a rough area in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I became a superstar in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I, I actually did radio for years with Scott Kaplan. He kicked on that team with Curtis, Alex Van Pelt, all yeah. those guys. Mm-hmm. So I knew Curtis very, very well. Christian man, you never knew if he rushed for 1,000 yards or 100 and was very willing to listen to Bill Parcells or Herm Edwards or anybody. The players today, I don't want to get into it because you're still a coach, <laughs> but not nearly the same, though. Yeah. Not nearly I, the same. I mean, Curtis will go, I mean, you know, sometimes – you know, let's say the run game's not working, or or I, I can remember this, and I tell people a story all the time. I mean, one time we let a guy through, and hit, they hit Curtis about three yards behind the line of scrimmage. You know, and and I'm thinking, you know, and Curtis, you know, he just gets up and goes, he comes over to the sideline. It didn't happen much because we wound up, he wound up leading the league in rushing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'll never forget, he, he went over to the line, and you know how some some people be like, hey, you guys got to do this and get this, you know, and and really yell. He's just like, hey guys, look. Just cover him up. I got the rest of it. We'll be fine. He was we'll cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was like, like uh, Chevy yeah. Chase in those movies when uh, he kept running over the English guy, broke his leg, broke his arm. He's like, no, thank you, thank you. It's good yeah. to see you. That's Curtis Martin. Uh, this Saints team this year is interesting. Dennis yeah. Allen, of course, mm-hmm. is the head coach or the offensive line coach. Yep. But uh, after all those years of Sean Payton now going to Denver, that's a big deal. Uh, we'll see if he can revive Russell Wilson this year. But all those years of Payton and Breeze and all that success, 
has not been a great run the last couple of years. I know you had yeah. Jameis Winston, but now yeah. you bring in the former Raider Derek Carr. What does that mean to the Saints yeah. offense? I'll tell you what. I mean, really for the team, not just on the offense. I think you see a different vibe. You see a different energy, you know, from the from everyone, you know, in the organization. Because of Derek, you because, think? because of Derek. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we're excited about that. We 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 feel good. We had a um, really good, you know, the OTAs, the the veteran minicamp and getting everyone back. So um, it, it was. It, it's. It is different. Obviously, I mean, I was there in the beginning with Sean in '06. Um, this is my third time back there. I played there in '89, and um, and 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 I think it's a, it's a sense of of of, of excitement. And, and Dennis is. has done a really good job of of bringing this team together. It's a close team. It's a it's a veteran team, and um, the players care about each other. The locker room is awesome. The culture there is great. And I think when you have that. It, it's not saying it's not guaranteeing you you're going to win, but it's giving you an opportunity and a chance to win. So what is it like for you? I'm always curious. Uh, and I know a lot of guys sure. who play in the NFL, coach in the NFL. I know them all. Even though I'm out of sports talk radio, a little mm-hmm. bit of time now. I've maintained all these friendships. And I always ask these coaches, and they're the, the, the guy. You were the guy in Jacksonville. You were the yeah. guy in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Now you're a line coach again. Yeah. It's really a two-tier question. A, is it difficult to go back and be uh, just a coach and not the head coach? And B, ideally... Does Doug Marone want to be a head coach again? Well, I think I think when you look at it, I, I look at it as that you know this is how this is what what I what I was in the beginning. You know, what I'm right. saying I, I mean I wanted to be a line coach. I wanted to be the best line coach out there and, and focus on it. I think as you as you go and you move up, you know, there's a lot of things that go on. I've I've been fortunate enough to be head coach in the NFL and in college. And I actually went back to college two years ago. I went to the University of Alabama, you know, thinking that, hey, listen, I'm going to go back to college and get a job somewhere in the Northeast and be a head coach. And, and then the NIL hit. And I was like, hmm, that's, yeah, you know, that's, yeah, that's a little, <laughs> yeah. that, was, uh, that, that, that was a little, that was a little tough for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeing, and it wasn't tough from a standpoint of like, listen, if they can get some, I get that part. I'm, I'm okay with that. But the point of like, it just started to change. It became, you know, I, I'm a little bit more old school in how I think about, Hey, listen, I went to a college because I loved the campus. I loved the teachers. I loved the networking. I, I you know, I, I went there for, you know, f- yes, football was a big part of it, but there was also another part. Yeah. You know, and, and now you go in there and it's like, it's like, if, I'm like, if you're going to start paying everyone, I might as well go back to the NFL and pay, <laughs> yeah. pay players. No, but it's true. And, and of course, you went to Syracuse and they had some great teams yeah. in those mm-hmm. years, but. A couple of minutes to go here. College football now seems so top-heavy. Like, you know every year Nick's going to have a great team at Alabama. Yeah. You know Dable's going to have a great team at Clemson. Mm-hmm. And you know certainly Georgia, they're the cream of the crop these days. The Bulldogs are going to be great. And it's kind of like, you know, Nadal, Federer, and uh, and Jokovic. You know, you yeah. got your top three. Top, yeah. And then good luck to the rest of these universities. I went to Miami. I was yeah. there. You want to know the four quarterbacks when I was there? You ready for this? Vinny, well, Jim Vinny. Kelly. Uh, yeah. Vinny Testaverde, mm-hmm. Bernie Kosar, and Mark Richt. Yeah. I was there for Howard Schnellenberger. Those are the four quarterbacks on the roster. That's over now in Miami. It's done. Yeah, but, I mean, you got to have a little bit more faith in your alma mater. I mean, oh, I, I have no I, faith. I, no faith. Zero. <laughs> Donna came in. God I'll tell you what, her. it's NIL now. now. You can take I the know. money you make here. You can give it yeah, to the University of Miami. <laughs> right, start, right. You know, and then Look, you can get that quarterback. Uh, maybe. But, <laughs> see, what happened was Donna came in, and she started worrying about academics. And I hate to tell you, but if you want to win football games in college, you really want morons. You don't want smart kids. I don't want, I hate uh, to put it that yeah. way, but, <laughs> that's, 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 no, but it's true. All of a sudden, the, the guys are getting better grades and losing football games. There's not, you got to tell me there's nothing to that, Doug? I, I, I would, I would hope that we live in a better world where you can get both. I yeah, really, but yeah, I know you yeah. would hope yeah, that, but yeah. the real world, that doesn't exist. Well, we were I've, taking kids from, from Liberty City 
who could never graduate a class, but they can go out there and catch 10 passes for 200 yards. Yeah, yeah. No? See, you can't say that because Goodell will find you right now if he's listening. No, 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 it's not that. It's just that, I mean, if that's our our faith in in what we do, then I think that's, that's, you know, it might be practical. It might be truth, you know, in some occasions. But, you know, I, I tend to be more of a, you know, I have more faith in it. Yeah. I, I think I think you can take someone from Liberty City. I've done it when I was at Syracuse. You can take these kids from the, that really never had an opportunity, create an opportunity for them, and some of these kids will jump at it and better themselves. And I think that's what it's all about. It's like you know, being together, the people that'll be here. We all didn't come from you know, we didn't have everything given to no, us. No, sure, sure. you know, you yourself the same way. Yeah. So I think I think that there's still that thing in America that you can do that and and, and it might not be the, the stories that are getting written now, but there'll be stories about people like that and that's one thing that I have faith in. I have faith in what we do. You know, despite yeah. what you do for a living, talking about all the politics, that <laughs> yeah. I've never been more confused in my life. Yeah, no, it's it's confusing, yeah. and and that's why you're a great coach and a leader of men because you do offer that optimism, and mm-hmm. it's not just optimism. There was a lot of truth to what you're saying, yeah. and like you said, me, I, yeah. it's all pessimism. Yeah. I talk about all this horrible <laughs> stuff, and the Mets, who are a terrible baseball team. That's my team. Well, well, listen, Yankee guy. <laughs> yeah, are you a, uh, you're a Yankee fan? You're from born, the Bronx. Listen, I was. Born a Yankee fan. There's a difference. People become fans. I was born. My grandfather worked there for 20-something years. Wow. Greatest experience. I won the two pinstripe bowls. You did? And, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, I was able to stand in the middle of Yankee Stadium, and I, I remember forget I was crying when I accepted uh-huh. the trophy, and it echoes, and oh. all I thought about was, the, you know, the Luke Gehrig story. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? When he gets yeah. up there and talks. Yeah. It was it, that part of, like, that's the journey of, hey, here's a kid that grew up in the Bronx that no one thought would go to college or do anything. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm standing, I'm like, this is unbelievable. Wow. You know, good so for you. Good. Well, good. you're a very impressive man. Yeah. You really I, are. I You've got a great it. career. You, you continue. Good luck in New Orleans this season yeah. with the Saints. Come on down and visit. Uh, absolutely. I love yeah. football games down yeah. there, man. Who dat? Who dat yeah. out yeah. there in Louisiana land? That's uh, yeah. Doug Barone, everybody, NFL head coach and NFL offensive line coach. For the New Orleans Saints right now, we'll take a short break. More of me, Sid Rosenberg, live at Ohika Castle, right after these short messages. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sid and friends in the morning, live from Ohika Castle in Huntington, Long Island. 77 WABC. All right, back here at Ohika Castle. My next guest, Doug Marone, was great, offensive line coach. New Orleans Saints, you've seen her before on Dateline. Actually, you've seen her, too, filling in uh, weekends on today's show. Done some of that, right? That is uh, Andrea Canning joining me right now, mother of six out of some province in Canada. Ontario, Canada. Yes, Ontario, that's where I'm Canada. From. <laughs> so uh, two weeks ago, when uh, the air quality was destroying New York City, did uh, your friends rib you for that? Oh, look what you did here. The Canadians, look what Trudeau did now. Uh, did you get some of that or not really? Well, you can't really blame my province of Ontario. We didn't, sure I can. We didn't my send, I want. We didn't send the smoke. <laughs> that was from Quebec. Oh, is that from Quebec? That was from Quebec. How far is that from your province? Uh, oh, gosh. It's like a maybe from, it depends on where you are in okay. Ontario. But from my hometown, it's probably, I don't know, When you say your hometown, hours. you were born in Canada, then moved here? Yes, yes. Do you I've miss lived... your, your, your home country or not really? I mean, yeah, I always miss it. I miss yeah. my friends, my family. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, we get home quite often oh, you do? Okay. to see everybody. Yeah, okay. it's, it's be- I grew up on Lake Huron. It's beautiful. Oh, that is lovely, yes. So uh, didn't Wayne Gretzky come from that area or no? Brantville, Ontario. Yes. Yeah, he's, see, uh, I knew that. He's a, a 
grew up about two hours from where I'm from. Yeah, is, he, is he still like a hero back in Canada? Oh, my gosh. Still. He is our national treasure. He, and he should be everybody. Yeah, number like, we 99. Have a guy, we greatest. have a guy on this station. His name is Mark Levin. He's, he's political, but he, he refers to himself as the great one. He has a lot of balls. Wayne Gretzky's the great one. That's great. it, right? Wayne Gretzky is the great one. That's you it. Can't, you cannot take that away from him ever. Ever. No. Mario Lemieux was a nice player, and uh, we got tons of them, but Gretzky was the best of all. Yeah, time. and his father was, you know, was also famous. He would flood the backyard. Uh, really? You know, and make a, Just to make it ice? Every winter, you know, he had that, that rink and behind his house, and... He just was amazing from yeah. the time he could skate. Yeah. And then he married Janet Jones, which is kind of cool, right? That was, that was like big news. That but, was. Well, then it was kind of negative because he left the Oilers to go to the Kings yes. because of Janet. Right. And so Canadians were not happy with Janet over that. Right. And then uh, he actually got to a Stanley Cup Finals, I believe, with Barry Melrose with the Kings. Mm-hmm. And then he wrapped up his career with us here in New York. Yeah. Him and Mark Messier on the same yeah. team uh, with the Rangers. So yeah. He had such a great career I oh, mean, he's from amazing. beginning to yeah. end. He's the greatest sports person ever. Yeah. Uh, I'm hearing that your husband is an F-18 pilot in the Marines Reserve. He he's, was. He's, yeah. Oh, my he's God. He's in the reserves now, but he flew out of Miramar. He's uh, like a real hero. Sure, yeah. yeah. He's, he's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. Don't bring him up. Uh, Peerless <laughs> no. Spoilers brings you this. Brought to you by my dear friend Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. Check them out today and every day. PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. So I do watch Dateline quite a bit. Just, you know, I like all those newsy shows. I did confuse Dateline with 2020 moments ago because I mentioned John Quinones. But I really like Keith Morrison. He's on your show, right? Keith is the best. He's the best ever. He, oh my I don't gosh. know what it is. What is it? His voice is... What it's is it? everything? He's his. He's of course the voice is you know iconic, and then he's just this handsome man, and he's yeah, smart, and he's kind, and <laughs> he's everything. He is everything. Is he nice to you? Oh, he's the nicest. He's Canadian too. Oh, he is he's from Saskatchewan. Yeah, See, they, they make all the best newscasters. Right? Yeah, they absolutely do. Absolutely. Who else is on uh, that I'm missing? Of Dateline? Uh, Josh Mankiewicz. He's Dennis very good Murphy. too. Yes, mm-hmm. they're all very good. Yeah, and they're and every, they they welcome me with open arms. Yeah, those. Uh, yeah. those well, you're very welcoming. You're very. You're, you know, they you were seem just, very very nice. They're and, so supportive. Oh, good. And good. so great to me. Unlike the Today Show on the weekends, they're very nasty to you, aren't they? I'm making <laughs> no. that up. I haven't. You, I haven't filled in on the Today Show in a long time. Did you work with Jenna Wolf? Uh, actually, one of the weekends I hosted, she was on. She was a week. really. Yeah, was I was there. very good friends with Jenna uh, yeah. many many years yeah. ago. Um, yeah, that, her partner Stephanie and I are right. Well, I was friends with her when she was a heterosexual. Okay. Before she actually switched, but she's yeah. uh, that really happened. I'm not kidding, but she's a great girl and very very talented and keeps herself and she does a lot of the the workout stuff on the yes show. yes keeps herself yes. in very good shape. And I like, see Stephanie it? a lot and she does some Dateline and um, she's such a great oh she's in the same that's right she's in the she same works field. for NBC News yeah she's awesome got it got it so what do you think about uh, news today in general I don't want to make this a political discussion what do you think about news today in general you know it's that's a, such a loaded question. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. No, 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 no. Let me ask you this because you're going to get into trouble. Uh, back in Canada, for example, when they present the news, is it the news or is it more editorial? Here in the United States, the news is gone. It's over. It's finished. That's it. It's whoever is delivering it that night. It's how they see it. They call that news. I call that nonsense. So like Trump says, fake news. Uh, in Canada, is it the same thing? You know, I have I don't watch the news in Canada anymore, so I can't. I don't but when really... you were there, when you were growing up, was it? Was it... Uh, well, that you know, that was a long time ago. Yeah, I moved yeah. to the America in my twenties. Oh, my you early did. Early okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's you know, we're talking a long, long time ago that right. I've. Um, right. You know what? What I will talk about is <clears throat> Dateline and just the rigorous standards and legal that our show goes through, and the effort and the time and the research. That goes into each show that we do. Yeah. We are journalists, and we present the story 
the way it happened. Where there's no like spin or Nothing. opinion or Nothing. it's just here's the story. Yes. And that's what I love about Dateline is that we are old school. We are still doing the story the Agreed. way the story happened. Agreed. And I love that about that show, and I'm so proud of it. I and think, I think it's, it's, it's the best new show on TV. I know Craig Melvin does stuff for, um, for that, So too. Craig and I host the syndication. Oh, you do? And then Craig occasionally will do – he did Murdoch. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but he's yeah. a good guy. He's a nice guy. He's I actually Craig's... thought he was going to be the next Meet the Press host. They gave it to he, um, um, right. uh, Welker, but I thought he'd be the next one. Well, Chris, Kirsten Welker. Yes. yes. Um, no, Craig is really, really he's nice. He's great. Yeah. And then Natalie Morales did it for a short time, too, didn't so she? She left. Yes. Natalie went to CBS. Yeah. Right. Oh, but she's yeah, at CBS she, now. I didn't yeah, even know she, that. Okay. She did it for a short time. She right. Did she was yeah. good, too. Yeah. And, and I'm missing one more lady. She always wears like a black leather uh, jacket, long black hair. Oh, are you, you're thinking of 48 hours. Oh, maybe I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. You're right. How'd you know that? Yeah. Because we, we don't have anyone like that on our show. But you know exactly who I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm yes. Just, um, well, there's Aaron Moriarty. Uh, Moriarty no, it's not there's, Aaron. Uh, the other woman. The other um, one, right. But they, go, they all kind of mix in 20, 20, 48 hours and you're showing. Dateline is, is no, the That's OG. the best one. Yes. We it's stand the, out. We have yes, the best show. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. There's no competition. No, not even close. Right. <laughs> so are you going to do some golf analysis yes. on NBC? They have great golf events every week. Yeah, they do. Um, uh, my husband is glued to the TV every week. Oh, he's a big golfer, your husband, too? He's obsessed, yeah. He he's going to play today as well. Oh, he's here? Yep. Oh, cool. Um, so, yes, I'm going to golf today. So do you like the game or you play just to keep him happy, keep him quiet? Um, I, I like it. I don't. You know, I'm not obsessed like he yeah. is. But right. but it, I love getting out there. I just love the fresh air and the, yeah. you know. The, Are you any good? Depends on the shot, right. the hour, the day, the course. Your husband's great, though. He's, he's really good. Yeah, He really is he's good. great. Yeah. you play with other professional couples ever, stuff like that? Or? I do not. Okay, and what is your favorite course in the country? Oh, I... Yeah, I'll just, I, I don't really have one. <laughs> this one. Is this, the first, is this your, oh, this is your first time yes, here? Okay. Yes. I'm right. sure it will be my favorite. Do you have a handicap? Uh, I do, and it's really so, high. How high? I think it's like 35 or something. That's not horrible. I mean, it is horrible. It's actually pathetic. But I have to tell you that the last time I shot I golf, it. I played golf, I, I shot a 109. Okay. And that oh. was the first nine holes. <laughs> mm, yeah, I quit. That's... I quit after that. It's a very, very hard sport. <laughs> but that's a lovely day. It's a gorgeous course. Yeah. And it's I'm great excited. to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you, It'll too. It'll be a fun time. And uh, where do you live now again? You live in? Westchester County. Oh, you live not too far away. So yeah. you have to go home tomorrow. Uh, I'm actually headed to Texas for a Dateline story. Oh, Straight cool. from yeah. here. Oh, my God. Is it like a really horrible story? Like, uh, Yeah. It is. It's sad, yeah. yeah. And, Usually and, is. And it's going to be 113 degrees. Oh, yeah. So it's... Yeah, it's going to be an interesting week. Well, good luck to you. It's thank great you. to meet you. You're delightful. Good luck out there thank on the you. course today. And Thanks. thank you very much for stopping by. Thank you so much for All having right. me. All right, Andrea Cannon, folks, right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. We'll take a short break and wrap things up right after these words. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning, live from Okeka Castle in Huntington, Long Island. 77 WABC. Caddyshack, Caddyshack, Kenny Loggins, golf about to start here. The weather is pretty. It's actually sunny. This is a very, very plush green course at the Ohiko Castle. Gorgeous, gorgeous 
Hotel here in Huntington, Long Island. We've been here all morning long, about to wrap things up. Had six really good guests today, three live on site, and three more providing you all the news from this weekend. Plus, my whole crew here did a terrific job, all the uh, handsome and uh, good-looking interns, and my crew back in the studio, Lou and uh, Justin, doing a terrific job. I'm back in studio tomorrow. What a show tomorrow. Once again, Bo Deedle every Tuesday is great. He'll be on. We've got my friend, the congresswoman out of South Carolina. She's becoming a big star, something she may be one of Trump's candidates for VP, Nancy Mace. Then we'll get Larry Elder in studio. Of course, he's running for president on the Republican side of the great state of California. And then the full hour tomorrow, very excited about this, Carrie Lake in studio from 9 to 10. So uh, we got some... uh, we got some big folks stopping by tomorrow. People are remarking about my white pants. Bernie used to say to me, very few guys can wear white pants. Like, nobody in this room. Rich, you can't wear white pants. Matt, maybe. Oh, no, Doug, you can, because you border on, on homosexual. You're very feminine. Uh, but most guys can't wear white pants. And Bernie's like, you could actually get away with white pants. So I've got white pants on today with this bluish shirt and white Converse sneakers. And uh, I either look really, really uh, handsome, or I could easily have marched yesterday in the village with no problem. Right? I got the tan. I got the shaved chest. But uh, regardless, I couldn't wait to wear white pants and uh, white shoes today. I'm going to wear white pants again Thursday night at the red carpet premiere of Gravesend, which I'm really excited about. Once again, season two. It'll either start on Amazon Prime Friday or Monday I played Dave Busco, big part shot scenes with Andrew Dice Clay, Jazz Palminteri, Benny Pastore, Armand DeSante, uh, folks like Gina Gershon in this, Fran Drescher. Of course, my three guys, William DeMeo, Chris Mamondo, and Peter Gordio. It's going to be a fantastic show. You're going to love it, Paul Ben Victor. And it comes your way, Amazon Prime, Friday, likely, maybe Monday. And then, uh, of course, Gemini Lounge, the movie I shot in Los Angeles last April. I'm really excited about that. That will be in theaters all over the world August the 11th. That's a great cast. Emile Hirsch, Lucy Hale, who's got 25 million followers on Twitter, and uh, Danny A. Danny A., of course, the genius behind that movie. So a lot of cool stuff happening this summer for me, besides the fact that I host the best and number one show in New York City on the best radio station in New York City for the best people in New York City, the Cats Matides, right here on 77 WABC. So I do want to thank Richard Salgado, a.k.a. Big Daddy, for having us out here today. All of my guys, Dan Herschel, really great job today, and Meany and Salas and the whole group. We're going to go play some golf and enjoy our Monday here on Long Island. I'll be back in studio with a big show tomorrow at 6 a.m. with the boys. So for you folks out there on this Monday, enjoy your Monday in New York City until 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. From all of us to all of you, peace.